What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Not Another Isekai. I'm Tyler, and of course, we're talking about all of the seasonal anime that are coming out this season um, that are already out. I think by, by uh, now, every show that is supposed to air has already aired. A few weeks in at this point. Um, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Um, today, today we're finally at that point, right? Today, um, you know, I have finally done what, I, what I've been, you know, a little bit procrastinating on just a tiny bit, but uh, pretty much every show that is being talked about today is every show that I have wanted to talk about. So, uh, you know, we, we at least have a taste of everything I feel like is worth watching. Um, we still have a few rollovers from last season. Um, and then there are a couple shows that I've dropped. We'll get to that when we get to them. And there's also, I think, like one show where I'm kind of on the on the edge about. Where I'm like, okay, if it doesn't get better next episode, we're probably not going to continue talking about it. But... For the most part, ton of really good anime this season. I think I'm actually gonna steadily be covering more than I did last season, but that's that's a good thing, you know. That that, that just means there's good more stuff of good quality. Um, but yeah, that's it. Let's let's start. I pressed. It always happens every time. Uh, okay, first up, as always, we got My Hero Academia season six, episode sixteen. Um, this was a lot of a lot of building around what has been happening, right? The last episode or two has kind of been that where <clears throat> where um this is like okay. The big fight happened, right? We took I don't know, what was that like 12, 13 episodes, 14 episodes with the big fight, the hospital thing, the Nomu, Shigaraki, all that good stuff. And um now it's like, all right, it's over. We're not really seeing too much on the villain side, uh, especially this episode. Now we're seeing more on the hero side and how that's affecting. And it, it was interesting because the episode, I think, was titled, like, Todoroki's Terrible Family <laughs> or something like that. But for, like, the first half of it, we're getting more of Hawks, which was interesting. Um, you know, because Hawks is in a tough spot because he is a hero. He went undercover with the villains and, you know, it, he, he's in a really odd spot because I think he is one of the biggest examples of what the villains are trying to push, like the narrative they've been trying to push, which is how good are these heroes? You know, why do we just blindly put our support in them when if you look at them with a critical eye, there might be some really bad stuff that they've been doing, but they mask it as justice right you know i think that's that's like the main thing the villains are trying to push to kind of knock the heroes off balance and also just if you know people don't trust heroes well that's <laughs> that's great for villains right because then they have way more leeway to do what they want to do um <clears throat> so we get a lot of hawks we get some of his backstory um where his dad killed someone, and eventually he was caught by Endeavor, you know, specifically, um, saying, you know, you know, finally, finally taken for justice for murder. Um, you know, Hawks became a hero, which we already knew. Um, you know, he was kind of doing it to save his family, right, to kind of get out of things, you know, help his mom out. You know, even though he'll say he cut ties with his mom the same way he cut ties with his dad. You know, he was 
you know, it was something that he always really wanted to do was help people. You know, even when he was asked by, I don't really think there were police, maybe, I don't know, like recruiters or something. You know, he was like, will I be able to help people? You know, you know, like that was like his main focus. It wasn't even the money, which which the mom was, uh, you know, very concerned about. And to me, the mom character had like a big roller coaster because she just seemed like, uh, what's the word? Um, when you like, when you help someone with their, you know, you know, basically continue their their bad behavior. He's uh, instigating, antagonizing. Those aren't the words. Um, anyway, whatever the right word is, you know, basically towards the dad is, is, is what I was trying to get at where, you know, it felt like she was just sort of helping the dad, uh, you know, you know, continue to be bad. Where it's like, you know, hiding him out and sort of just going along with whatever he says, you know, not really caring when the dad gets like abusive towards Hawks. Um, and so we get further along and again like she really just cares about the money she gets very hysterical and i'm like man the dad was awful but the mom kind of sucks too um you know but then later on you know especially towards the end of the episode where hawks sees um you know sees that the mom is gone you know it it, it sort of does give you a little bit of hope that maybe you know maybe the mom wasn't all that bad maybe she just put in a very bad situation very quickly um you know you know because even towards the end she left like she left and her reasoning was that, oh, I don't want to cause any more trouble for you. Like, that's not something, you know. In another universe, another mom character who was truly bad would have stayed and then, like, reprimanded Hawks and been like, people are coming to my house. What are you doing? You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, you know basically saying that it's, you know, putting the blame on him. But it says she put the blame on herself. And, you know, you, you can call that, you know, being a coward, maybe. But... Uh, you know, even in that moment, I feel like there is some like humility in her and, you know, it was, it was, it was good, you know, but even with that, like with, <laughs> with how he grew up, you really understand why Hawks was, why he was, um, you know, why he sort of has these like demons in him where he's not always completely sure if he's on the right side and what he's doing is actually the right thing, um, you know, because of how he grew up and kind of how he became a hero, like the path that he took, um, um, along with that, just kind of finishing up some of the Hawk stuff, um, Dobby, Dobby, who was, you know, not Toya, um, sort of like unknowingly helped Hawks revive Best Genist, um, you know, cause Hawks, uh, Hawks sort of put the moves on him, right? He, you know, playing, playing the mind games where he was like, oh yeah, let's, let's keep him and let's sort of revive him and, you know, whatever, right? You know, sort of like, I don't know, get answers out of him or whatever, um, you know, if he, if he goes dead now, then that could be problems for us. Uh, but truthfully, he was just, you know, it's, it's best genius. Like, you know, he's a hero, just like he is. He's, you know, he's, he wants him to live. Um, uh, but yeah. And so, you know, then we sort of see like the second half of the episode where, like I said, we're seeing more and more of the aftermath, right? That the Hawk stuff was really cool. Backstories are really cool. Um, but then the second half is more of the, all of the humans, you know, the quirkless, not even really the quirkless, I guess, because just because you have a quirk doesn't make you a hero. You know, not everyone becomes a, a hero, right? Um, but the distrust of heroes is getting worse and worse. Um, you know, they, they're now having these things called support items, where it's sort of turning quirkless into quirk full, <laughs> you know? Like, um, 
you know, you know, just kind of like, you know, sort of like attachments. I mean, you know, it's like that whole cyberpunk thing where it's like, you know, people get like augmentations, you know, for their limbs and their eyes and whatever. Um, you know, that's sort of what's happening here. And, um, you know, they're sort of uh, deciding that they're going to take everything into their own hands. Be like, we, we don't need heroes because clearly we trusted the heroes. The heroes ain't getting it done. So like. Why, why don't we try you know maybe we can do a better job you know it's you know it's not like we can lose worse than them like they've lost <laughs> um you know and then real heroes ones that are even in like the top 10 heroes are resigning you know they're they're hanging up the 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 cape and the cowl right um you know because you know because they just can't take it you know you know a lot of them just you know they can't take the just distrust that has been sowed within just the public eye and then others feel like they truly have failed and they're like i don't i don't deserve to be a hero anymore you know i can't i can't do it the way i used to do it and so um this if we're just gonna stop for a second here this is something i find really fun because i never thought <laughs> i never thought that my Hero academia was gonna go this route that they were actually gonna have an arc where heroes are not trusted anymore because to me the whole show is kind of set up with heroes right like like heroes are a thing you know so many people do have quirks like you know it's honestly weird to not have a quirk um and that is just life where there's a ton of people with quirks ton of heroes um that's just like a thing um there's villains but the heroes always get it done you know and you know i I don't know, you know, you know, you know, just just with the way the world was set up, I never thought that they would mess around with this idea that, you know what, heroes, forget them. We don't like heroes, you know. I mean, it's it's sort of like the the Incredibles. If you ever watched the Incredibles, it's a, you know, uh, Disney Pixar film, um, you know, where the whole premise of that movie, the whole setup of the movie, like within the first, like ten minutes, um, is that heroes start messing up. And it's not really they start messing up, you know, you know, it's just that people start being a lot more critical of the actions of heroes, you know, because when they first start, it's probably like, oh, whatever, they're heroes, they do stuff, they save us, whatever. But then, then, you know, time passes and more and more generations get to see heroes and it's like, wait, they saved them. But, you know, you know, so the whole thing with like, you know, to spoil the beginning of Mr. Of, of, of the Incredibles, you know, where, you know, Mr. Incredible saves a man from you know basically like you know trying to kill himself <laughs> you know like, you know like just a guy jumping off a building and he saves him he like runs off a building tackles the dude um you know saves him from not you know splatting on the ground he, he survives but he does have like a bunch of injuries because like mr incredible super strong super big you know tackles the dude out of midair he like you know uh like breaks his neck i think or something well not breaks his neck because i feel like if you break someone's neck they die right but you know like injures his neck and you know a couple broken limbs and whatever and so then that guy who was saved from death then sues mr incredible and says like you you like destroyed me like <laughs> my, <laughs> like like physically i'm destroyed and it's like i saved your life and he's like i don't want to be saved and it's like you know again you know right there it's a very it's a very interesting argument you know kind of play both sides but you know that's just an example of an analogy i'm trying to make with my hero academia because it is like for the most part the heroes are doing everything they can and so they fail and so then the you know the public is like well they failed so they're they're not good enough and it's like well in my mind 
I mean, if there was no heroes ever, then you would all be dead, most likely. Because because Shigaraki would have just kept, you know, blowing up freaking, uh, you know, like, uh, what is it, like, uh, being, everything would have been disintegrated, basically, you know? Like, he would have just kept going, kept popping them off, you know? So it's like, I don't, you know, I don't understand, you know? But it's hard to see, you know? It's It's hard to see because you know, regular people can't really look at it objectively, you know, they just look at the situation as it is right now in front of their face, and it's not good, so, you know, I'm, I'm very interested in the rest of the season to see how much more they play with this, because even towards the end, you know, a, a, you know, a very large attachment to this is Endeavor, and I love how they're getting deeper and deeper into Endeavor's character, um, how he starts crying, he has a lot of regret, a lot of guilt, um, his family catches him crying, um, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of a funny moment, but then it's also like, ooh, this is, this is tough. Um, and then we see Ray is there, which is the mom, and she's there so everyone there can sit down and talk about Toya. Um, you know, the whole situation, probably what to do, probably try to clear out some demons, you know, kind of make peace with it. And, you know, because right now Endeavor is like, I can't, you know, I can't fight my son. And uh, last episode, we kind of saw that and it's like, okay, we understand that Endeavor probably isn't going to be the one to do that. You know, you know, Todoroki or uh, Shoto, because they're all Todoroki, right? Um, you know, Shoto is, you know, you know, will be the one that, that wants to fight him. And that, that, that's probably going to be how it goes, honestly, you know. Um, but yeah, again, this, you know, this episode is great. Um, you know, it's, it's basically in three parts of my mind, right? Where we have the Hawks backstory, which is interesting. I, you know, I, I enjoy Hawks' character. Um, we have the, the unrest, you know, when it comes to heroes. And then we have a little bit of Endeavor at the end. So all, all three parts I was, I was super into the whole time and, I can't wait till next episode because, uh, you know, it's, it's probably just gonna be more unrest, more endeavor. Um, you know, they'll probably focus a little on, uh, Midoriya, I imagine, because we didn't really get any of that this episode. Um, but yeah, I'm having a good time. Uh, let's see. Next we got Blue Lock, episode 15. Um, this is one where they finish their match. They finish their match and, uh, it's good. It's good. You know, we're building them puzzle pieces. Um, I don't really know what happens next. I mean, theoretically, right? They do a three on three, but uh, I think they're setting up something really interesting. But I'll I'll, I'll talk about that at the end. Um, so we have Naruhaya, who is finding Isiki's blind spot off the ball, right? That's kind of his thing. That's something that he's doing very well. And you know, since they're both the average Joes, it's like okay, one of them has to up the other one, and uh, you know. Isagi's feeling a little claustrophobic in that moment because he realizes what Naru is doing. Um, and then you realize that that's also what Rin was doing when, when Rin was just destroying Isagi and even had that moment, right? Like we flash back to where he was like, uh, you know, read a book about how the how human eyes work <laughs> or something like that. So condescending, but he was right, you know, because, you know, Isagi found out that, oh, there's things you can do off the ball. Like, you don't, like, when you're not in the play, you don't just stand there. You know what I mean? Like, like there are other things that you can be doing to create opportunities. You know, that's, that's kind of, I mean, in general, that's like soccer, right? Like, you have to create opportunities. But for them, but also, it's, it's Isagi's thing, too. You know, his whole thing, like, smelling a goal. Like, if, if he has more tools at his disposal in order to do that, he, he can put people, and himself, right? Because he's also learning to put himself in the position, but just 
anyone in general that needs to be put in a position to score, then he has a better, you know, he has a better chance of doing so. Um, there's a great line, which um, I didn't realize that he said before to Nagi, but I guess he did because we flashed back to it. But he, you know, he said, uh, he, he told uh, the genius to shut up because he's about to get to the good part. And it's so good because it's that thing with Isagi where, you know, we, you know, at this point, 15 episodes in, we know what Isagi's character is, right? It's always, you know, some, some trials and tribulations. <laughs> and then he finally gets, you know, another skill, you know, he finally learns something and then that's how he's able to win. Um, you know, like I said, at the beginning of the second selection, him losing and dropping down to two on two, losing Bakura, like that's really what he needed because in hindsight, he was definitely using Bakura as a crutch. He might not have been doing it purposefully, um, but he was because that's who he was comfortable with. You know, he needed to learn other things or else he was never going to get better. He was always just going to be the guy who's like the one two punch with Bakura. But what if Bakura isn't on your team? You know, we've seen that. Um, so yeah, it's great. Um, then we had a little bit of, 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 of Nauru's, Naruhaya's, uh, you know, backstory where his family wishes him luck, right? We had really, really sad, really sad. Um, his parents are dead. He has sort of, he has kind of a big family. They're poor, right? So, you know, you know, everyone is like, has their own little ideas of, you know, when they grow up, how they're going to make money and, you know, support the family, all that stuff. And his thing is soccer, right? He's going to become a soccer star, be rich, support the family. It's all really wholesome. You know, you know, it's a very, it's a very classic backstory to a character. Um, but yeah, you know, we do get a little bit of that. You know, we finally see why he's carrying the, like, the, like, pack, whatever it is. I always thought it was like a cigarette pack. I don't actually know what it is. Um, you know, it is like his, like, good luck charm, right? Um, then... Naruhaya has a very scary moment where he tried to emulate Isagi's direct shot and it was like, ooh, he almost scored. He almost scored. But him doing that made Isagi realize what he has to do. We had this fun thing where he's like average Joe times average Joe. And, uh, you know, he, he realizes that, oh, emulation. That's what I have to do. And um, it's funny because this something that happens in other sports anime too. Which is like his whole thing where he's like, oh, I'm just going to steal people's skills, <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, Naruhaya was like, in only an instant, he was able to take my moves and devour it, you know, and you realize that that is, I feel like what they are growing Isagi's character into, where it's not just, okay, he's able to create opportunities, direct shot, whatever, like, that is probably what he's doing more and more is sort of learning from other characters and sort of stealing their moves, which happens a lot in sports anime where it's like, oh, he did that thing. I'm going to do that thing, you know, um, it worked against me, <laughs> you know, um, and then, you know, they, they win and all that. And, you know, this is just a moment where, um, you know, I was thinking that all sports anime are the same. <laughs> like if you've seen one sports anime, you essentially seen every sports anime, but, you know, you want to keep watching them because, you know, you know, it's almost like um, you just kind of get that high from sports anime because no anime like sports um, give you that feeling of just like intense and hype, you know, like certain shonen do, you know, there's certain moments in shonen that do that for you, you know, and there's just general feelings over other anime, you know, like even like 
you know, like drama or romance or something can give you know can definitely give you those moments but sports anime is the one where you just get hype you're on the edge of your seat you know what's going to happen most of the time um but you still get hype about it and there's moments where you don't know and you're like oh i didn't see that coming and and, and that kind of flips the script a little bit so um but yeah yeah of, of, of course they won right like that's the thing where were they gonna lose because if they lost the only thing that would keep the show going, there's still like nine episodes left, would be if they picked Isagi, and they probably weren't gonna pick Isagi. Um, <clears throat> and then um, something unexpected happens. I think I talked about this last episode, because obviously this episode, episode 15, is when they were going to end the match, right? Like, there's no way we would have gone into <laughs> episode 16 still playing this dang match. <clears throat> Um, and so I was thinking, I was like, okay, well, if they win, I think they're going to pick Naruhaya. And my, my reason behind that was because they were kind of talking about how they, they need someone who can play off the ball and is a good passer to kind of set both of them up. Cause neither one of them are super good at setting the other up. Like, you know, Nagi, especially, you know, he is very much a, 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 a receive and do some crazy stuff and then score um isagi i feel like that's less true about you know we definitely seen you know moments where he can't put other people in the position but he himself even sort of needs help because he can't really make moves on his own you know that's why he needed bakura because bakura can get him in the position to then get someone else in a position again he was using him as a crutch um but they picked baru and i didn't see that coming honestly in the moment when you know, the match ended and there was some talking, I was like, oh, they're going to pick Baru. Like, I thought, I still thought they might have picked Naru, but Baru does make sense. I mean, you know, the reason last episode I didn't think they were going to, because Baru is not a passer. It's, it's just three people who don't really create opportunities. So it's like, I don't know how that's going to work. You know, I think their next match is going to be really interesting. Um, you know, especially with Baru. Like, I would, I would like to see Baru have some sort of growth as a character and as a player and maybe try to put other people in a position i mean especially like his strength and his accuracy like if he just shifted again i don't i don't play soccer so i don't know if these <laughs> if these skills you know shift quite as easily as i'm about to describe they do but if he could just shift that to passing obviously still score i mean he's a monster scorer but like if he can just shift some of that skill to passing he could have some crazy like powerful accurate passes like you know, like setting up isagi's direct shot with that or even i mean probably a lot easier setting up nagi because nagi is super good at controlling the ball like that could be like deadly you know so i don't know though um and then uh, we have a little thing at the end where kunigami and shigiri they pick reo as our third member we're still there <laughs> they still haven't played a match yet um you know, everyone's kind of scared to play their first match, but that is what I said. If you go back a few episodes ago, I guarantee you, you'll remember me saying, I bet they're going to pick Rayo. I bet they're going to pick Rayo. It's going to be the little little flip, right? Where Isigi and Bakura, instead of teaming up with one of their own, they team up with Nagi. So who are they going to pick? They're going to pick Rayo and prove that, hey, you, you didn't wait for one of us. We, we were one of your past teammates. You could have waited for one of us and we could have played with us. Um, you know, so a little bit of chip on their shoulder, you know. Um, that's going to be a crazy team, too, by the way. 
you have rails like playmaking passing you have uh kunigami's crazy shots and then you have jiggery's speed off the ball and on the ball like ooh. and what i what i was kind of mentioning at the, at the beginning of blue lock um you know like 10 minutes ago whatever um i said that i think they're setting up something crazy and i think i could be wrong they might be setting up these two teams to, to play each other next episode because you know they they have to play right it's gonna be three on three like they just picked their third member and isagi nagi and baru are are probably gonna now be you know walking into that little cluster of trios that kunigami jiggery and reo are in right now like they're gonna come back and be like whoa you know and they're probably gonna be some like wait isagi didn't didn't you go with bakura what happened it's like okay well here's the thing <laughs> we lost <laughs> they took bakura we won we took baru here we are and i bet you they're gonna face each other they're gonna want to face each other because i feel like i don't think that's super on the front of isagi's mind but i think as we just saw at the end like them them keep coming back to kunigami and shigiri like this i feel like that is at the front of their mind where they're like we want to beat isagi's team you know because again he didn't wait for us and again you know you know it's not like petty it's not like you know that's not the angle i think they're playing it it's it's more so just like he's trying to get stronger without us so we're gonna get stronger without him and then we're gonna face him and we're gonna prove hey you're not you know you're not only the one like like we're here too sort of thing you know you know again it's it's a very classic thing with sparta anime you know even though there's people on your team you don't want to be the worst one on the team and again they're not really on a team anymore but you know you don't want i mean you know this is a big thing with um if you guys have ever seen kuroko's basketball it's obviously a basketball anime very very good highly recommend it but it's that thing where you know um it starts off where there's a team of five people plus a sixth man so there's six people who are on a team together and they're all really 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 good right and then they all kind of go their separate ways and you know the reason why they did that and they didn't just continue being on a team together is because they wanted to grow without each other and they also wanted to prove that they were the best member of that team you know and so they end up they end up do facing each other and it's it, it's it's all really good but it's sort of that same sentiment here i feel like where it's not like you know, they don't, like, hate each other, they're not, like, out for each other, like, you know, they don't, like, hate each other's guts, you know, they don't want to, like, murder each other when they see, but, you know, they do want to prove, hey, um, I was not the wink link on that, on that previous team, you know, and, and so I do think that is the, the angle they're going for here, uh, but yeah, I can't wait, I can't wait to see, I really hope that is what they set up, um, you know, because I don't really know what else they would do to make it interesting, you know, unless they would just introduce another three random people, I mean, we have seen other teams, obviously, um, you know, you know, you know, back when they were team team Z, um, but I think I think this three out three would be really cool, and this is one they could stretch out over like two episodes, and it could be really fun. Um, so yeah. Next we have the Eminence and Shadow episode sixteen. Um, yeah, yeah, we got some good stuff here. Um, you know, this is this is more of like a middle episode for me, where I think next episode is going to be the one. Um, but yeah, we have some good stuff here. Some background stuff. We got Alexia, who really wants to go after Rose. Remember, Rose, uh, like, murdered her fiancé or something, right? And she fled. And so Alexia wants to go after her because, you know, Rose is part of this trio with Alexia, Rose, and Beta. Um, but Beta is like, hey, we should be careful. Because, again, 
Alexia doesn't know who Beta is, because obviously Beta is part of the the Shadow Garden, right? Um, with with Lord Shadow and all that stuff. So we we are very familiar with who Beta is and you know how she is definitely like she's part of this team and she's kind of putting up a character. Um, you know, it's kind of you know keep Alexia and maybe Rose in check and you know again she she you know Beta is not part of this little trio for the same reason that Alexia is. You know, um, you know. Beta obviously knows Lord Shadow, knows all this stuff, <laughs> you know, um, she has the knowledge, so, um, you know, and, you know, that is, uh, on the surface, it makes a lot of sense, where it's like, hey, we can't just, like, go after her, you know, like, that's not, <laughs> that's not gonna work, uh, but under the surface, it's like, well, hold on now, <laughs> what are we, you know, what are we gonna do, how does this affect us, you know, all that stuff, um, and then we have uh, Beatrix, who might be related to Alpha, you know that's kind of the the flash that we get with sid um you know where beatrix is like hey you you smell like an elf do you know any elves i'm looking for an elf it's my what did she say it's like my my sister's daughter or something that i'm looking for um you know she looks a lot like me and then we see her face and it's like a flash to alpha it's like oh that's you're the same person <laughs> you know basically and so Sid, you know, acts like a background character, you know, doesn't really give her anything. Um, probably going to investigate that. We'll probably see more of that. Maybe next episode, see who is Beatrix. Maybe talk to Alpha, you know, say, hey, what's what's going on here? You know, she, she's looking for you. Do you know why? All that stuff. Uh, you know, but, you know, that's a nice little thread that we're opening up there. Uh, then we have a big fight with Mundane Man and Goldie something. I don't remember. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool fight. Um, you know, but it, it ends the way you think it does, where Mundane, who is Sid, just destroys the man, <laughs> absolutely wrecks him by, he, he dodges a lethal sword swipe with, by cracking his neck, and then he sneezes to sneeze away the magic dragon and just throw this man into the camera. It's like, all right, he won. And, uh, it's, it's funny because we have, um, Anne Rose, I think is her name. And there's also the the buff dude. I don't, I don't remember his name, but you know they're kind of having their own little commentary on the side throughout this whole fight. And um, you know, Anne Rose is like seeing what he's doing but not believing it, and the dude not seeing what he's doing. But the more Anne Rose kind of talks to him about it, he's like, "This isn't true. You're not. This is this is fake. What what you're telling me is not what's happening. There's no way. You know, no one no one can do this. <laughs> you know. And at the end, he 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 doesn't really like want to think about it anymore. He's just like all right, N none of this matters, okay, he's, he's gonna face me, and I'm gonna beat him, and then it's the end of it, you know, we don't talk about this man anymore, this mundane man, um, and then we have a really cool thing, which is setting up next episode, because I'm pretty sure the next fight is mundane man versus Anrose, and let me tell you, let me tell you guys, this was a moment that gave me flashbacks, right, so we have them talking, and Rose is sort of like, all right, I underestimated you, but I'm still going to beat you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and then Monday Man Sid is like, nah, let me warn you. And then he takes off his bracer, he drops it on the ground, and it like pounds into the earth. And he takes his other one off, and that one pounds into the earth too. And Anne Rose is like, what? <laughs> And he's like, these were holding me back. <laughs> and I'm just like, 
Oh my gosh, dude! And the, uh, the reason I got flashbacks because it reminds me of Rock Lee from Naruto. If you know, if you don't know, I think it's a spoiler, but you know, it's like a very low spoiler. Um, so to not to spoil, to, to try not to spoil things, even though this episode is probably like freaking <laughs> a decade and a half old. Um, there's a character Rock Lee who he's like really fast, really fast, really strong. Um, you know, in, in Naruto, there's obviously people who can perform like, uh, you know, uh, you know, they have, I don't know the name of it. I, I've grew, I've loved Naruto and I still don't know the name of things. Um, it's just ninjutsu, right? Which is just like, you know, when people use their chakra and they have like powers and whatever, um, Rock Lee can't do that, right? He's never, he's, he's never been good at it. He doesn't really have the, the capabilities for it. So he just uses Taijutsu, which is just basically like hand to hand combat, right? He has to get by with that. And so he's really fast, really strong, because that's all he is ever uh, trained in, right? He, you know, he doesn't care about the other stuff. He just trains his body. So he's really fast, really strong. And then he's he's killing it, right? And people are like, whoa, he's like the fastest man alive, <laughs> you know, because, you know, none, you know none, none of the kids can match his speed, right? Um, and there's a moment where his, his mentor is like, yo, it's time. And Rockley's like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, it's time. You know, you know, we're like, you know, Rockley's in the middle of a fight, right? And Rockley's like, so hype. And so he takes off his like leg, his like, uh, his like ankle weights, right? He takes off his ankle weights and the other kids are seeing him do this. And they're like, so he has ankle weights, like whatever. Like, ooh, he was being held back a little bit. Ooh, like, and then he takes them and he drops them. And they hit the ground and they cause like an earthquake. <laughs> and everyone's like, wait, he was moving that fast with like <laughs> two ton ankle weights on. And then he starts and the Rockley starts really moving. And he's like, he cannot be perceived by the human eye. <laughs> and so, you know, me, me, me bringing up that really long winded tangent is because that, that's what I thought of when this happened where it just like pounded into the earth and it's like whoa is all of his armor like that that's insane because you know we know how dope Sid is right he is the eminence in shadow you know we know how op his character is but just for that to happen and just like wait you're gonna lose <laughs> like like even how he was in this moment i don't think you were gonna win but if he goes like he's just showing you like if he went all out it would end in a millisecond, you know, like you are not that nice. Um, but yeah, and then you know, we get a little thing at the end here where Rose is still running away from people. She slices up a dude, but she says, you know, I made sure not to hit your vitals, you know, you know, go, go and get that treated basically. And so that right there, I think is just adding a little bit more to her character, a little more to her situation where it's like, you know, maybe Rose did have a reason for doing what she did. She wasn't just cold blooded murder because a psychopath <laughs> wouldn't make sure to not kill the people who are essentially trying to kill her, you know? Um, so yeah, next episode, I imagine we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get the Sid or mundane man versus Anne Rose fight, which is, you know, I, I hope is going to be fun. Um, and then, you know, probably more about Rose and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. Next we got spy classroom. Um, not much to talk about here because I actually am dropping this show. Um, yeah, I think just after the first couple episodes, you know, I tried to still get into it and it's just not doing it for me. Um, 
you know, you know, like I said, I did have, you know, you know, there was some good stuff about the show. You know, I did like the characters as they were starting to set them up. I just feel like it was too slow. You know, like we learned more about the teacher than any of them. And it's like, I want to know about the teacher because the teacher has kind of an interesting backstory, but I, I feel like he's not the main character. So I want to know more about the girls and we don't know anything about any of them. Um, you know, so that's kind of boring. And, um, and then, you know, even a little bit, we are learning, it's super slow. And it's like, all right, we're already three episodes in, like, we should have taken care of this already, you know, because now, you know, I feel like it's like cart before the horse type thing. It's like, okay, we're already going on a mission. And it's like, but I don't care about the mission necessarily, you know, like the only attachment we have is like a little bit that we learn about the teacher, but even that it's like, but what about the other characters? Like, why are they so like, it, it, it's just hard to care. You know, because, like, you know, and then even after that, like, again, this show is, to me, has a lot of similar aspects to, like, you know, like I mentioned another show, Licorice Recoil, and Licorice Recoil was incredible, so I think about this, another show with, like, girls who are spies, I'm just like, eh, it's not as good, I don't care about the characters at all, um, you know, it just, it just happened too quick, you know, you know, I also wanted to see more training, too. You know, like, like I mentioned last episode, I thought the show was going to be mostly training and the last like three episodes or so are going to be like a big mission, you know, but now they're just like, all right, we're in the field now. It's like, oh, but I don't, I don't care that you're in the field. You know, I don't, I don't care that you're doing this. Um, so fortunately dropping that show, but you know, maybe, maybe it'll turn itself around and it'll be a, it'll, it'll be a banger by like episode five or six and y'all will be like, now you got to pick spy classroom back up and I will, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with admitting I was wrong about a show but um as of right now i'm not i'm not motivated to watch any more of it so next we got the angel next door spoils me rotten episode three um yeah great episode this whole sort of setup for this is that uh fujimiya's mom is here and uh it's fun you know we have so we have fujimiya's mom is here and uh, it just kind of comes up unannounced, and Sheena is hiding, because Sheena's there, um, and, uh, you know, we have this nice little moment, where she, where the mom finds Sheena there, and she's like, oh, is this your girlfriend, oh my gosh, and, and the mom is just relentless, she's backing them into a corner, where just, you know, the, the types of questions, the way she's wording the questions, it's just like, well, no, well, you're here. I mean, there's no reason for a boy to be hiding a girl in his room if they weren't together, they didn't like each other. And it's even like, if you're not together, it's like, oh, you're just not at that stage yet. Or, oh, um, well, I mean, a, you know, a, a boy wouldn't let a girl come into his house if he didn't like her. And a girl wouldn't keep coming over a guy's house if she didn't like him. You know, it's like, it's all this logic where it's like, on its own, in a vacuum, all your logic makes complete sense. But you gotta look at the situation where it's like it's not necessarily you know like even even uh even Fujimiya is like don't make every like opposite sex um relationship has to be romantic you know can just be friends right um and then uh the mom and Sheena exchange contact information (laughs) it's really funny you know because you know the mom is super like she is like all-encompassing right she's like hey sheena come here why why don't we change exchange and it's just like okay (laughs) you know you know you know sheena's getting overwhelmed (laughs) um you know you know like i said it is a nice moment because she just tells it like it is 
you know, she's more objective to the situation where uh, Fujimiya and Sheena are very much like tiptoeing around each other. You know, because again, like we're here, guys. Like we're we're watching these episodes together. We're on episode three. Like we we know what's gonna happen. Like we we know we know for a fact. You know, unless they pull some crazy twist on us, like these two are gonna get together. Like you know, they are going to be a couple. Um, but right now they're not really playing it that way. They're like, oh no, we're just kind of friends. We like each other. You know, like hanging out, all that stuff. Um, but we know, we know what it is. Um, and then we have some more stuff where, uh, you know, Sheena's like, you know, my parents would never call me by my first name because the mom does, you know, the mom wants to call her, uh, by her first name, Mahiru. Um, and she's like, oh, my, pa my, my parents would never. And so again, we're, we're getting like little, little, like, uh, you know, drip fed, <laughs> you know, this, this like backstory of, of Mahiru. And, um, you know, we saw now with the whole my parents thing before where she's like, oh, I, I have to study. I have to do well. You know, it's like, okay, what do we, you know, I did make some predictions when we, when we talked about that, where it's like, oh, it's probably your parents. There's probably something about her family, right? That's, it's usually what it is. It's usually for a loved one, either, you know, a loved one isn't doing well. So she wants to do good and make money, be successful. She can support her family. Or maybe it's like, um, like uh to go against her family to be like oh you know the family isn't very supportive so she has so she is kind of on her own you know so she does have to do as well as she can in her studies so she can be successful and be like an independent person because her family uh sucks right so it's, it's usually one or the other something like that and so i think with this it's like it is sort of edging on on, on the ladder where it is like oh my, my parents would never call me by my first name it's like that's a strange thing for parents to not do, <laughs> you know, like, so what, what, what do they call you then? You know, like they can't call you by your last name. Cause that's everyone in the house <laughs> is, is your last name. You know, that's even the thing where, when Mahiru was saying Fujimiya, um, you know, the mom was like, well, that could be either one of us, you know, both of us are Fujimiya. Who, who are you talking about? And then, you know, she like pressured <laughs> Mahiru into saying Amane. And it's like, ah, you know, um, yeah, but that's very sad. And then Amane is like Mahiru. And it's like, oh, oh, you, you did it. <laughs> you call me by my first name. And, you know, and then she calls him Amane and it's like, ah, you know, don't get too comfortable. But, you know, it is just like a nice little, a small step in the relationship where it's like, come on, guys, come on. What do we what do we think is happening here? You know, we, we, we really sitting here watching this show and it's like, this is not what's going to happen. Um, and even, and, you know, even Amine like lends Mahiru's key and is like, oh, it's a, it's a pain to have to go to the door every time. Um, you know, and then, uh, we have a nice little scene where Amine wants to try to cook. His cooking is not great. Um, it's fine, you know, you know, it's not like another anime where someone tries to cook and it's like, I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> it's like, no, it's just not, it's not good. You know, there's a lot of things that you didn't really pay attention to. Um, you know, so that was a nice little thing too, where it's like, oh, you know, Mahiru usually cooks, but I, I want to try. I want to try and do it, you know. Um, and then we have sort of the end where Amine is convinced to have a small Christmas party on Christmas Eve, um, you know, with, uh, with Chitose and Itsuki. Um, you know, just like his friend and his girlfriend, um, which I guess is sort of his friend too. Um, and they have a little Christmas party. It's like, oh, you have your place, your plate, you know, you're alone, you know, 
I mean, not, not like that, but like, <laughs> you know, you're all by yourself and you know, we want to come over kind of have, you know, a little, little party, you know what I'm saying? A little get together. And, uh, and then Mahiru, uh, you know, we have a nice little scene where, um, you know, Mahiru, or I guess, you know, Chitose is kind of like egging Amane on about, uh, about the neighbor, right? About this, you know, this, this neighbor that he's like, you know, hanging out with, doing, doing good stuff for, and, uh, that kind of gets it in his head, um, and so we have a scene where Amane does kind of bring it up to Maya, and like, hey, do you have Christmas plans, she's like, nah, it's like, oh, okay, cool, 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 and she's like, well, since you ask, I'm assuming you have plans, like, you know, why, you know, why else would you bring it up, it's just a weird thing to bring up, um, and she's like, yeah, you know, I'm sort of having, you know, Itsuki, you know, a friend come over with his girlfriend, you know, Chitose, whatever, and he's like, oh, cool, cool, cool. And, you know, she's like, okay, cool. You know, just, you know, just let me know when you're done. I'll come over after that. Or maybe then, you know, whatever, next day, whatever. Right. Um, you know, I won't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to get in your way. And, and then Amadee's like, oh, cool, cool. All right, cool. You know, and he sort of backs off, which, you know, I thought he was going to invite her to come over as well. Uh, I was like, do it, do it. Invite her to come over, you know, so, you know, same day, have them all together. But it doesn't happen. And then he does something, I think maybe even a little better. In, in some ways, and he's like, hey, actually, do you want to hang out on Christmas? You know, I don't want to be presumptuous, because, you know, in, in Japan, Christmas is not quite like it is in America, where, you know, Christmas is more of like a, a like couple, you know, more of like a, a romantic holiday. That's sort of, you know, more of what it's seen as, you know, and unless of just like a family holiday with like presents and whatever. Um, and she's like, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. And it's just nice because, yeah, it's Christmas, a romantic holiday, you know. But it is like, oh, they get to hang out. You know, they're hanging out. She's not doing anything. She's alone, right? And she's like, oh, I'm just going to play. Let's, let's just try that thing. You know, she points to the, the very clearly a Nintendo Switch. And it's like, oh, yeah, let's, let's, play, let's play some video games. I never, I never played games before. Let's do it. I'll just hang out, you know. Um, and so that's that's a nice moment where you can tell, like, they're, they're super looking forward to that. Um, and then we have the end. The end. We're at the end, boys, and um, they're together, right? We have Amane with Jitose and Itsuki at their place. Um, you know, we start getting him thinking about certain things, right? About about Mahiru and all that. And then it's snowing. Jitose and Itsuki go outside, and they're like, "Wait, hold on!" And they look next door, and who is also outside on their little balcony thing, you know, enjoying the snow? Mayuru. And oh boy, oh boy, that's how it ends. And I can't wait for next episode because let me tell you, there's going to be some some questions. There's going to be some dots that are being connected. <laughs> and, uh, you know, first off, just like the shock that the angel is Amane's next door neighbor, that's going to be a shock for Chitose and Itsuki. But then on top of that, it's like, wait, Amane is talking about his neighbor how he hangs out with his neighbor he bought a little stuffed teddy bear for his neighbor the angel must be the neighbor like this must be oh my god you know the whole time we were thinking that amine really doesn't care about the angel at school doesn't really talk about it doesn't you know whatever it turns out he's doing more than anyone <laughs> you know so there's gonna be some things connected and everything i mean you know i think it's gonna be very uh very uncomfortable for them at first, but I think that this is going to be what I thought Amane was going to do at the beginning, where I said, you know, I, I thought he was going to invite her over, 
now I think, you know, Chitose especially is going to be super like outgoing and be like, oh, come over. Come on. Let's do it. Like you're let's do it. Let's go. You know, um, I think now they're going to the whole episode is going to be that where they're put in the situation and uh, it's going to be awkward, you know, but I think it's going to be really fun. And, you know, another very classic like rom-com type type, uh, you know, uh, plot situation, I guess. Right. Uh, but yeah, still loving the show. You know, I you know I don't think this is, you know, kind of looking at things. I don't really think this is a show that's getting too much attention. And I, you know, I understand why. You know, I don't think this show is doing anything like super innovative or anything like that. But um, you know, I it's 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 just nice. You know, I don't think it's doing anything wrong either. You know, I think it's very middle of the ground. Just like it's fun. You know, it's it's, it's a setup with two characters that don't like each other, but they they clearly do. Um, you know, there's not too many characters to kind of get, uh, you know, in the way of things, you know, it is doing a really, cause like there are other rom-coms that I've seen where there are two characters that are incredible, but they need the side characters to kind of flesh out the show. But I feel like this show doesn't super need that because the show isn't really trying to flesh out and have like a whole story almost. It is just kind of like these nice little moments between Amine and Mahiru and that's all really the show is trying to be if the show was trying to be anything more than that I think it would need really strong side characters like for me uh, one of the best rom-coms possibly the best rom-com ever is uh, Love is War you know um, yeah 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 the, the whole Love is War show um, if you haven't seen that and you like rom-com type shows it kind of leans more heavier on the calm i'll say but it's definitely rom-com uh very 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 good you know you know this was a show where i watched the first season and i was like yeah all right it's cool it's fun you know i mean i don't i don't really get the hype around it but then the more i watched it i was just like oh no this is like a masterpiece rom-com like like this is top tier um top tier rom-com action um but yeah that you know that's another show where it has two strong characters that the show is based around but it's not just like fun little moments like it is trying to be more it is trying to like interconnect all these things and so it needs strong supporting characters and it has them you know like it does everything right um so yeah go watch that uh but yeah that's that next show the ice guy and his cool female colleague episode three um fun show you know you know this is very similar to me as the angel next door smells me rotten because it's just like it's not doing anything that's like super groundbreaking but it's not doing anything wrong either in my opinion it's, it's just a fun show it's just some nice times right um so we have them getting relocated right because up to this point they were just like temporary work but now it's like more like permanent work i guess and uh it's great because himaru and fiyutsuki are sweating they were sweating they're like oh man are we are we not going to be with them anymore? Like, we're going to be in different departments. going to be so tough. And then the moment where we scroll through the email and we see they're in the same department and it's like, oof. You know, like, watching the show, it's like, of course. Of course they're going to be in the same department. Like, what would the show be if they weren't? But it, you know, but for a second, you're still on the edge of your seat of like, but what if they're not? <laughs> what, what if they're separated? You know? Um... And they even sit next to each other too. They're not only in the same department, but they sit next to each other. That's like they're like you know assigned seating or whatever. Um, 
Yeah, and so this episode really turns up the whole romance aspect between them. Um, you know, the first couple episodes was like, okay, they're they're having fun, they're hanging out, whatever. But you know, but this one is more of a turning point, where they are. I don't really think they're a couple yet necessarily, but they are getting there. They are actually on the ways. You know, they are making moves, right? So, uh, we you know we have a funny piece of <laughs> information here where. Fuyutsuki just likes all food. You know, she's not picky. She, you know, there's really nothing she doesn't like. She's like, oh yeah, whatever. You know, I've, everything's good. You know, I've ever since I was a kid, I've never really been a picky eater. Like I'll, I'll eat whatever. Um, and so, you know, Himaru is kind of latching onto this because he needs to know. He's like, you know, because he, you know, he wants to invite her to dinner. And you know, <laughs> a funny scene where he's like, where they're sitting at a desk, and he's like, hey Fuyutsuki. <laughs> and then he just names so many different types of food like chinese korean uh i don't know uh you know italian uh whatever right you know you know just names like 12 different like types of food you know you know based on like location you know and he's like out of all these which one would you say you like the most or whatever you know and then and she just like hmm like you know like at first she's like oh like like in her head you can sort of see she has a reaction of like that's a very weird and sudden question, but let me think. And she's like, "Eh, I, I, I like them all." <laughs> it's just like, that's not, that's not helpful. That's not helpful in the least, you know. Like it's good you like them all. It's good that at least if I were to pick some place, you know, you wouldn't be upset with any place I pick. Because like for me, I wouldn't say that I'm particularly picky. I'm a particularly picky eater, you know. Like I would say for the most part, like I could probably eat most stuff i mean i personally i couldn't have like super spicy stuff and then like seafood i'm not i'm not big on seafood um you know, you know i think there's situations in which i can enjoy seafood but um you know if you're just you know if, if you know if like um like how you know you would eat like a steak dinner where it's like the steak is the main thing they have some vegetables maybe some mashed potatoes or something if you did that but with fish and it was like okay fish is the main thing i don't think i could do that but incorporate it into something you know maybe maybe i could do that um you know but i think for the most part you know i'm not like super picky eater uh, you know i'm probably somewhere in the middle where it's like you know i'm not super picky but i, I can't i absolutely can't eat just anything um, I wish I could. That'd be that'd be awesome. You know, that's you know, it's like the one like normal, just like human thing that I wish I could change. It's like you know, you know, I wish there's like any food. I you know, my my brain would just be like, yep, that is okay to eat. Um, but yeah. And then uh, yeah, then then Himuru does actually ask her to dinner, which is great. So it's, it's it's a very nice moment there. Um, and then they are eating. Well, first they're they're walking to the place. And they're just like walking in silence and it's just like you should like talk <laughs> like why why are you walking in silence and then they're eating and they're eating in silence and it's like what are we doing like forget the fact that this is supposed to be like a date right where it's like supposed to be romantic you're supposed to be like trying to get to know each other you know whatever put that aside two people eating in silence is weird you know like I get you maybe not talking, like, you know, especially when your food comes, right? Like, you know, when your food comes, you know, I feel like the the talking aspect of, like, going out with someone or multiple people to dinner 
kind of dials down because it's like, okay, well, there's food. Like I'm gonna eat my food, you know. You know, like I don't, I'm not an animal. I don't, I don't talk with with food in my mouth. So, you know, I'm, not, you know, we're we're probably not gonna talk as much as we were when we were waiting for the food. You know, you know, we're still gonna talk. We're still gonna eat and then talk and then you know, you know that you know as 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 you do, <laughs> you know. But they're just it's just silence. Like no one's saying anything. <laughs> and I'm just like someone has to say something someone has to open up a conversation you know even just small talk or like you know talk to people about, about like yourself or each other like something <laughs> it's like I was, I was getting like secondhand like awkwardness um and then uh that's pretty much how it goes and then fuyutsuki you know and then you know it, you know be, because of this they're both super self-conscious of like oh no the other one isn't having a good time you know that why, why, why aren't they saying anything you know, and and then even like to both themselves, they're like, why aren't they saying anything? But at the same time, they're like, but I kind of get it because I'm not saying anything either. <laughs> you know, so it's like they're they're super self-aware of themselves, but they're, they're still like, oh, man, I wish they would say something, you know, um, you know, and, and that's kind of how it goes until like uh, Fuyutsuki, uh goes to get like just as like a phone call. And then Himuro's talking to the waiter. It's like, oh, yeah, it's super nice. Like, yeah, I actually, I actually am on a date, you know, you know. You know, thanks for asking. It's I'm, I'm I'm just having a great day. It's just you know, you know, it takes a great day, you know. And then we see that Fuyutsuki kind of came back during the middle of that and like heard him say that, and so he's like super embarrassed. Well, they're both kind of embarrassed, but uh, you know. And then uh, you know, Himuru apparently when he's embarrassed, he melts. You know, you know, you know, sort of the same way he does when it's super hot out, right? That like we saw last episode, and uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, you know, that was just a really cute moment, too, because, you know, that was like the one time where they really, you know, someone let off some emotion of like what they're thinking. And you can tell that they both felt that way. Um, and then just for him to like melt at the end was like, ah, it's, that's cute. Um, but yeah, you know, that, you know, that whole thing is really nice because, again, it's the, the next step in their relationship. You know, I feel like the show was set up with that going to happen. Like, again, they're they're going to get together. Like, it's going to happen. But the first couple of episodes, they're just kind of hanging out, you know, sort of testing the waters. And this episode, I feel like, was like a next step where it's like, okay, they, they went on a date. They're, you know, this this kind of changes things for the better. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then, and then we just kind of keep going where it's like we hear Fuyutsuki say that her and Himuro are not close. And that sort of hits him a little bit. But then you realize why she's saying that she's not saying it because she doesn't like him she's saying it because objectively they're not close they don't really know anything about each other like they're they're nice to each other they they like to like hanging out but they don't know anything about each other um and she does tell her colleague that you know she does like him a great deal that's like oh it's so good for Himuro to hear that <laughs> you know um <clears throat> you know because that's you know that's just generally i feel like with anyone right like um, you know, not, not even romantically, just like as friends, like, you know, you, you know how you feel about someone else, but you don't actually know how someone feels about you. Um, you know, so, you know, it's definitely a nice thing for him to hear that. It's like when Fuyutsuki doesn't know that he's listening, she's talking about him in that light. It's like, oh yes, security, <laughs> you know? Um, and then Himuro and Fuyutsuki exchange phone numbers, which is, oh, it's so good. It's, again, it's another step where it's like, e even friends would have each other's phone numbers, but just the fact that you have it, it's like, yes, it's good. Um, it's just, you know, it's just some groundwork that needs to be laid. Um, 
And then we have a cute moment where where Himaru is just so happy that like he he accidentally freezes his phone. <laughs> He's like, no, you know, because then he can't respond because you know he can't click the screen through the through the sheet of ice that is that is covering his phone and he's like no you know so that's you know, that's a nice moment um and then uh and then we see fuzuki's phone and her, her her lock screen is the fireworks picture which is really nice you know that's a you know it's a nice win for himuro because you know he feels like oh she did have a good time when we were hanging out that day you know because she she made the picture of her, her lock screen and so you know fuzuki is like yeah, you know, <laughs> and then he walks away, and she's like, "Oh, thank God," you know. I mean, my, I'm, I'm so glad he didn't see because my 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 lock screen is the fireworks picture, but my home screen is the picture I took when he was melted. And then you know, it was like it was like him as a kid. It's like, oh, I'm so, I'm so glad he didn't see that. And then Himuro walks back, and she like freaks out. She like put you know you know she like puts his phone or puts you know puts her phone on the desk, and you know, and it's like, ah, you you did it. <laughs> You, you got the screen, you know, you got the picture. So it's just like, you know, again, it's just, you know, you know, this show is sort of similar to the last show where it's like, it is just a bunch of like cute little moments and, you know, stuff is building and it's just a fun ride for the most part, you know, like there's no real, you know, I'm not, I'm not really here for the crazy deep storytelling and like, you know, I don't know that this show will ever hit me super hard emotionally, but I don't think it has to, you know, as, as long as it's just fun and it keeps doing what it's doing solid you know solid uh next we have the magical revolution of the reincarnated princess and the genius young lady episode three um yeah th this was a hard episode uh you know there there's a couple things that happen where it's like you're kind of on the edge of your seat you know but i think we're now getting to that point where it's like okay we see what this show is you know we see what's happening here um, um so we have the beginning where uh Ilya is here for Euphelia, right? Like she's there, she's she's helping her out with everything. And so, you know, you know, we just see how 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 good of a person, not only how good of like a maid Ilya is, but also how, how just good of a person she is, and also how good of how good she is at her job. Um, you know, so that's nice to see. We have Anisphia who triggered her own alarm for like intruders. It's like which is ironic because now she's the intruder. <laughs> you know, so that was good. And then also on top of that with with, with Ilya just like yeah, this is something she did, and I just hit this button, and it's off, like, you know, how, how seasoned she is at dealing with Anisphia's, or Anisphia's nonsense, um, then we have her, uh, Anisphia having Euphelia test out some tools, we have the monoblade that we've seen her use before, um, and it's just really cool because, you know, Euphelia actually can channel magic, so the monoblade is, like, crazy strong with her, um, and then we have her test out the broom, and she flies the broom, so that was really cool. And she seems like she's having fun. It's like, oh, this is cool. So, you know, it's something she doesn't quite understand, but you feel like she's having fun doing this, I think. Um, and then we have a moment where she she like crashes the broom, and, and you can tell that she's upset, you know, because you know Manisphia was supposed to hang on and all that stuff. And Manisphia is like super apologizing to her. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, blah blah, blah you know. And then you feel it starts laughing, and you know, you're just kind of laughing at like kind of the whole situation i guess but then also anisphia's reaction to it um and then she immediately apologizes for laughing she's like oh no i shouldn't have laughed you know you're you're a princess like i you know that's you know it's not very polite of me all that stuff and anisphia's just like you don't you don't have to do that like you don't like like we're allowed to have fun you know 
And, you know, I, I love that moment because I think that's so indicative of the, the direction of the relationship. Um, because Anisphia is sort of used to this. Like, she knows she's a princess. She knows how people act around her. But she just wants to have fun, you know? And, like, she is super into this whole magicology thing that th this is just what she does, you know? And then we have the flip side of Euphelia where she was kind of brought into this family, you know, gonna marry uh, Algard, right? And, uh, you know, so she was sort of being, uh, you know, put in this position of being royalty, being like the next queen, basically. Um, and, and, you know, so she has that kind of like posture, both physically and verbally. Um, and now she's not that anymore, but she's still kind of, like, she's still in the family. She still, she still like, has that like mentality with things. And so it is that thing where they are sort of like clashing, um, you know, but, you know, I think it's, it's for the better, you know, it, this sort of thing needs to happen. Um, and then, uh, we have Euphelia having this, this great line where she talks to Elia and, and, you know, this whole thing was like, oh, what do you think of Anisphia? You know, you know, the, it's crazy that someone is able to tolerate her, you know, all, all that stuff, um, you know, sort of tongue in cheek, but also sort of serious on, on Elia's end. And then, you know, even Euphelia is like, well, I don't, I wouldn't say I necessarily favor her. I don't like dislike her. Like, I sort of just don't understand her. And then she says, she's just so far from me. And I love that line because it's it's sort of similar to the situation that we were just in where she was, you know, apologized for laughing, where it's like, Anisphia is so different. And like, Anisphia is so different from anybody, <laughs> you know, but it really hits her and it's true for her because you can tell that Euphelia likes Anisphia. You know, I, you know, I think deep down, now I'm not saying like romantically, I'm not saying that deep down you know she wants to marry her like no i'm again with the way the show is going i'm sure we'll get there you know but i think there is sort of a feeling inside of her where she she's intrigued and everything she's done with anisphia so far is so different than how she's lived her life that it is intriguing and it is exciting a little bit you know like even when she was riding when she was using the monoblade it was like oh this is interesting she was riding the broom like she was smiling she's like oh this is so cool you know and then, you know, even, you know, the moment where she has a lapse in judgment and she laughs, it's like she was enjoying herself, you know, but it is that thing where it's like she is so far from me, like, like what she is is not what I am. And like, I don't know how that's going to work out, basically, you know, that's kind of how I took it. Where like, again, not not even romantically, not even like, you know, the weird romantic stuff that, you know, you know, especially, you know, more so on Anna's Fia's end, you know, um, but clearly how the show is going to go. Like, again, if, 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 if you watch anime, you know how the show is going to go, um, you know, at least between the relationship and the dynamic between these two characters. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, you know, that's basically how, how I took it. Um, and then uh, we have a moment where there's, you know, they're talking about, you know, Elgar now, you know, she's not with him anymore. And so like, you know, what is, what is Euphelia to expect? And basically there's a sentiment that Euphelia has done more than enough for this family. And I think, you know, the, uh, the king or whatever um, is talking to, I think his son, I think that's who it is. It's, it's his son, maybe, maybe it's like his youngest son or something. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't really know exactly, but um he the intention behind that i think wasn't wasn't malicious it was more so just like oh like you like you've done more than enough like you don't have to worry about this like don't feel guilty don't like you know i feel like they were more so trying to reassure her and sort of be like you're free quote unquote where it's like hey like 
don't feel tied to us anymore. Like you don't have obligations, like you can live your life now. But the way it came out was more so was was sort of just like get out of here, <laughs> you know? And you know, I don't think that's how either of them intended it to to you know to sort of come out as, you know, but I think that is how Euphelia sort of took it, where it is like you've done more than enough, you know, you don't have to do this anymore, like blah blah blah, whatever. Um you know, and I think it does hurt her a little bit because, you know, e even before Anisphia, you know, I feel like this was her purpose. Like, this is what she was growing up to be. And now, what does she do with her life? You know, um, you can do anything. It's like, you know, you know, because even like the 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 maids sort of say that to her, where it's like, you're free now. You can do whatever you want. And, you know, Euphelia laughs, but not, or not laughs. Euphelia smiles, but she doesn't smile with her eyes. You know, her eyes are very sad. And it, it is that thing where it's like, cool, I can do whatever I want, but that's that's that doesn't help. You know, like like you can live your life. It's like, yeah, but this is kinda this is kinda all I knew. <laughs> this is sort of what I was doing with my life. And now that it's been ripped out from under me, it's it's shocking, you know? Um So and then um Anisphia lost sleep finishing Euphelia's special magic tool, which is really funny. She's like, oh, I got four hours of sleep, two hours of sleep, maybe one hour of sleep. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and uh, she has this, like, this, you know, it's like saber, basically. And, you know, Euphelia's super, like, shocked. She's like, what do you have a special tool? What do you mean? You know, um, and she uses it, and it, it's really cool. Like, it's really cool. It's it, it can, like, channel different, like, elements, basically, like fire and, like, electricity and... Uh, water and uh, you know all, all that stuff um it's just really really cool and you know you can tell that euphelia loves it and uh anisphia even has this line where she oh excuse me that was weird um you know anisphia even has this line where she says that yuffie's magic is so beautiful and it's like all right all right guys what do we you know anisphia's magic is beautiful or yuffie sorry yuffie's magic is beautiful Yuffie, you know, Yuffie's also maybe a little beautiful too, you know, so I mean, again, it's it's just like, it's so clearly, <laughs> that's what's happening here, but, you know, it is nice because, I mean, she also does like magic, right, like, um, you know, the whole, like, uh, isekai thing was something that I didn't really understand at first, all reincarnated princess, it's like, oh, the, the you know, the princess was reincarnated, you know, like, Anisphia was not Anisphia the whole time, like, she did have a previous life, this is an isekai, it's just a very subtle isekai, um, honestly, if that's it, honestly, like, this being an isekai, one of the best isekais I've seen in a while, um, yeah, again, that whole dynamic, and then even the whole, like, rainbow scene, where she's like, oh, I, like, the Japanese name or whatever, it's like, oh, it means rainbow, you know, because I feel like, you know, you, you, you remind me, you're beautiful as a rainbow, you know, it's like, oh, man, it gets you so hard, it's like, oh, this is, this is, this is what's happening, we're here, we're doing it, you know, um, so yeah, super nice there um and yeah i just i just love the show it's great you know not like the, the the dynamic between these two characters anisphia and you and euphelia is just so perfect and they are rubbing off on each other and just you know this whole like magicology thing like i just i just can't wait to see more of it you know i just, I just can't wait to see more of them together doing stuff you know the whole like oh euphelia is just gonna go and say thank you to everyone and then, and then leave and get out of here it's like no you're not no, you're not. No, you're not. You're definitely not leaving. There's no way. So, we'll see what happens, though. You know, we'll see. Uh, next, we have Buddy Daddy's episode three. 
the episode where we all knew it was going to happen, but we loved it anyway. Um, let's see. Uh, a moment I really liked was Ray liking Miri's cereal. And that sort of goes through a bunch of different times where, you know, Kazuki just kind of feeds Miri something that she wants and she loves it. And then Ray loves it too. And it's like, you two, two are useless, <laughs> you know? Because like, you know, Kazuki loves cooking. So the fact that Ray and Miri love cereal, like they're in love with cereal. And at the end, they're in love with store-bought food. It's like, you guys... You guys don't appreciate the culinary arts. <laughs> you know, it's very funny. Um, you start to realize that Ray and Koski don't really talk about their personal lives to each other, which I think is going to change as the show goes on. I think that Miri will be the catalyst for that. But, you know, you know just the fact that it's like, oh, you're, you know, you're, your parents sound horrible, you know, and she, and he was like, oh, don't, don't ask me about them or whatever. And he's like, oh, I wasn't going to. He's like, oh, well, I wouldn't tell. You know, it's just like, ah, oh, you know, they... They have their own lives and they, they're, they're like partners, but they don't really know anything about each other too much, you know, unless they were to have some, you know, stuff slip. Um, it's sad, you know, but, you know, but I really do hope that, you know, Miri changes that and they do become more of a family that knows everything about each other, you know. Um, we have a moment where, where, you know, it's basically CPS almost, almost got them. <laughs> it's like, hey, kid, where are you here alone? <laughs> And he's like, no, my, my dad's over there. And he's like, hey, sir, are you her father? <laughs> he's like, no. <laughs> and Mary's like, what? <laughs> and then the worst thing happens. Koski comes over. He's like, oh, yeah, that's that, that's my daughter. He's like, right, right. And he's like, is that true? Is is that true, miss? Is is this is, is you know is this your dad? And she doesn't say anything. It's like, why aren't you saying anything? And, and she's like, you told me not to call you Papa in public. <laughs> Just like no not now now is the only situation where you should call me you know um you know so that was, that was a nice moment there um we have another nice moment where miri really wanted ray to smile ray's like i don't smile um again it's it's nice there because again we're, we're learning more about ray's character um you know the whole like dad thing the relationship he has with his dad which i think really makes a lot of sense it, it answers a lot of questions and uh and, you know, just Miri being super innocent, just like, smile, 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 you know. Um, again, Miri being the catalyst for them both having better lives, you know. Them both understanding more of who they are and learning to love. <laughs> um, and then we have we have the moments where Kazuki meets Miri's mom. Um, he, 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 he just decks the mom's man um, because the boyfriend was terrible terrible person you know what i mean you shouldn't you shouldn't hit people in general uh hitting a woman not okay uh, especially for just a stupid thing like that like i told you no customers like what do you, you you just walked in you have no idea who i am why i'm here if she even knows who i am like what are you what are you talking about you know what i mean very insecure very a very insecure person um uh, on, on the flip side, at the same time, we have Ray and Miri having a little adventure where they, they are playing together and you see Ray is very uncomfortable, you know, but, you know, but it's a nice moment because he's trying, um, you know, he, he definitely likes Miri and, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's trying, he's trying. And then we go back to, uh, you know, Koski and the mom and, uh, we see that, uh, the mom just sucks, right? Like I went into this episode 
I, I think I talked about this last episode, or, or maybe I didn't, and I just talking to it to myself, but, um, you know, about how in, in my mind, there was one of two possibilities where, um, the mom was going to be dead <laughs> or something, you know, or like, you know, she was going to be like an alcoholic or, you know, something very clear about her. Just, you know, you're, you're just from Kaiski looking at her that he was going to be like, nope, can't bring her there. Or the mom was going to like reject him. Right. Uh, you know, cause you know, there's no situation in which the mom is like a super good mom and it's like, Oh yeah, thank you. Bringing her back. Blah, oh, the dad's dead. All right. Well, I can, you know, we'll, we'll take care of him then. Like that, that just wasn't going to be the show. Right. And it, it was the latter. It was the latter where the mom is just like, I wish I never had her. She ruined my life. Every time she would smile or laugh. I just, I, I just wanted to hit her. <laughs> just like, what, what is happening? You know? It's just like, I get it, you know, like, I, I, as I was watching it, like, there was part of me that wanted to play devil's advocate and be like, okay, I have to assume that having a child when you do not want to have a child has got to be really tough, right? Really tough. But I feel like at that point, it's like, you're already in, like, you had, I don't know, I don't know, like, the whole thing where it's like, you had so much time, <laughs> to think about if you wanted a kid or not and then it's like oh well no because i thought that he was gonna be with me he was gonna help me and then he left me and it's like could you not see that like i don't know you know i feel like the whole like these domestic you know relationships all that stuff it's like i don't know it's tough you know i don't know i don't know it's it's a tough situation at the end of the day she still sucks like at the end of the day you are supposed to take care if not give it to an orphanage like again i don't know how japan works i feel like japan has to have orphanages like at some point like bring bring it to someone or cps and be like i'm not fit to take care of this child you know like again putting your kid in the system not great but if you're not going to take care of the kid i guess it's better you know with with like koski's uh logic where he's like hey it's better than nothing and it's like well she feels that way too <laughs> um so yeah she, she's terrible she's awful you know so, you know, Miri belongs with them because it's like, oh, well, they're spies. You can't really. It's like, no, you're taking care of her a hundred times better than what the mom is doing. Um, you know, and then we have Papa Ray saving Miri. We have a nice moment there. Very awkward moment because, you know, eventually I understand why the moment exists because it's like, oh, I'm Papa Ray. Come, come, Miri. We're going to go home. You know, I understand why the moment is impactful for both of them. But like to the cops, <laughs> when 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 Ray comes in and is like, hey, unhand her. <laughs> and they're like, oh, are you this kid's guardian? And he says, no. And they're like, oh, is, is this like a friend's kid or something, you know? And he's like, no. And they just look at each other of like, I don't, I don't understand what to do now. <laughs> and she's like, and, and then he gets down. And he's like, I'm her papa. And it's just like, again, from like this being an anime, great moment. But like in real life, if you were to walk up and like, what, why, what, if you are this kid's father, why are you playing 20 questions with us? Come up to us and be like, hey, what are you doing? Like, like, that's like, I'm, I'm, I'm her dad. Is there something going on here? And they'd be like, oh, no, no, no. Sorry. We, you know, we, you know, we thought she was, you know, she was a missing kid. Oh, here, here you go. Here, here you go. You know, it's just like, if you were really her father, you would not be playing 20 questions with us. Like, are you her dad? Are you her uncle? Are you a friend? Are you, you know what I mean? Like, you would have came up and been like, hey, I'm her dad. What's what's going on here? Um, so, yeah, it was just a very weird moment. 
Um, and then they are going home to get dinner. Dinner for three? Dinner for three. It's like, ah, oh, yes, we're doing it. Um, so yeah, again, like th- this is a moment where we all knew this was going to happen. You know, like there, there's no way Mira was going to be leaving their side, but it's, it's still nice that it happened and meeting the mom and the situation she's in, it just further reinforces that they, they need to take care of her, you know, like, I guess worst case scenario, they were to like give her up, you know, again, to like be an orphan basically, but like, or like, you know, in the system, CPS, all that stuff, but like, they should take care of her. They, they should do it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I can't wait to see, you know, next, I mean, cause now the episodes are kind of blown wide open cause up until this point, it's like, oh, we're not going to keep her though. We got to find out where she is, the mom, family, all that stuff. Now it's like, she's ours. So now the show is fully wide open to just be shenanigans and I am here for it. Next we got Revengers or Revenger episode three. We still have so many shows to go guys. We are not, we're not done. <laughs> This is going to be a long episode. Um, Revenge episode three. We have the shop owner who had opium and a statue. Uh, not good because there's the whole opium thing that's going on right now. A lot of a lot of schemes, a lot of, ooh, a lot of, ooh. Um, but then we find out that the, that, you know, he was, he was framed. And um, I don't remember the, the kid's name is like Neo or something. The like, like little girl's name. Um, she has... A nice little back and forth with Kuruma, who you know, you know, because Kuruma's like, oh well, you know, you know, samurai wouldn't act that way. You know, they got to be honorable. You know, blah blah, you know, and you know, they wouldn't force them to do something like that. You know, frame them and take the money, whatever. Um, you know, and then the girls like, oh, I mean, the way I see it, they're actually actually pretty good. They're actually pretty lucky, you know, because like, you know, at least if you pay them off they leave you alone i would argue that that that, that killing your dad <laughs> or your mom's fiance or whatever just off the orders is way worse and then kuruma realizes that oh she's talking about him and then and it, you know that that really hits him because that's what all of them are kind of hitting him for is that you know he's just this like bloodthirsty like whatever he's just a you know mercenary for hire basically he, he doesn't think about things he just does them he's a he's a bad person basically but then it really hits him because he doesn't feel that way. You know, he, he he was tricked and people say that's not an excuse, but in his mind it is. In his, I mean, maybe it's not, but in his mind that is the explanation. Not an excuse, but it is, he's explaining what happened. And it's, it's really tough for him. You know, it is kind of this, this internal struggle in his mind, something he's probably never going to forget. He might not even ever forgive himself for it. Um, but, you know. Um, Soji doesn't like rooming with Kuruma. Uh, but he, he kind of sucks anyway. I mean, you know, I feel like as the show goes on, he's going to be more endearing and we're, we're going to like his character, but, um, he's just like an alcoholic, <laughs> you know, he's also a gambling-holic, um, you know, he's, he hasn't paid rent in months, um, and so they're like, hey, who, who take care, who, who, who takes care of your rent? Me. You're, you're going to room with Kurama. There's no room left. He's going to be with you, whatever, right? Um. They have, uh, nope. They, uh, there's the pajama police. I don't remember the dude's name, so I'm just going to call it pajama police. Um, is, is he, they're basically busting people for the opium that they are selling. So it's like, man, you're selling opium to people and then busting them for having opium. Ooh, that's, that is quite the, the cycle. <laughs> that's not, that's not cool, man. You know? Um, 
but you know that is that that is corruption you know there's a very classic uh like police corruption story arc um so we're i'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll see more of that you know i'm sure we'll see more of the whole pajama police thing and you know because i feel like in the, the day uh usui right, that's his name usui um he is trying to like crack all of this right so I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll see more of it and then at the very end we have a little duel between soji and kuruma where it's like hey five people whoever gets more kills gets to keep the room and uh you know it's a nice little fight you know uh kuruma shows a side of himself that soji didn't see before where he can be stealthy he takes out two people right off the bat um they're tied two two and then soji takes the last one right uh Kurima sort of, I feel like, lets him take the last one because he's 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 raised ready, got his hand over the sword, and then he sees a shadow which he assumes is Soji, and he can he sort of like puts his hand down, and then Soji kills the man. So I feel like Kurima let him get that kill. Um, Soji wins. He's like, ah, it's my room. Pack up your stuff, and then Kurima almost stabs Soji, but is really stabbing a hidden sixth man. Um, and, and, and so they're tied, right? Um, and, you know, this is one of those moments where, again, for the most of the episode, it's like, ah, Soji kind of sucks. But then you see he is honorable. He's like, we tied. We got to keep the room. A bet's a bet. Like, you know, we can't go back on it. All that stuff. So it's like, okay, okay. And then, you know, you know, I think Kuruma's even like, uh, I don't know if it's in that moment or, or previously, but he's like, you know, you're you're sometimes more of a samurai than I am. And he's like, don't, don't lump me in with you. I'm nothing like you. But it is like, okay, you know, he, he does have honor. He does stick to his word. So, that's nice. Um, again, we have Revenger. Um, Revenger is one of those shows where um, I'm, I'm still intrigued. I'm not, like, all the way in. You know, I do like the whole samurai aspect to it. Um, I do want them to keep going, though, because... There are little pieces that I feel like aren't being super connected yet, but I think as the show goes on, it's going to connect them more, and I'm going to like the show a lot more. Right now, I'm just like, it's good. And, you know, it's definitely good enough for me to keep watching, you know, but sometimes it feels a little random, a little scattered. So, you know, I hope as the episodes go on, I mean, maybe even next episode, you know, stuff kind of starts connecting more and more. Um, that would be nice. Next, we got Giant Beast of Ours, episode three. Um... So they found some animal people, little village here. That was, that was pretty cool. Uh, I wrote a note here that, that Jiro's pretty humble. I don't think humble is quite the right word, but he doesn't really brag, which I guess is humble. But, like, he doesn't brag, but he also doesn't really, like, get, like, he's not super harsh with other people, you know? So, like, he is powerful. He's very strong. But, like, he, he doesn't really brag about it. He's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, I just I just live my life, right? But then also, if, if other people fail, he's not, like, well, you should have, you should have took me, I would have taken care of it, you know, like, when, 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 like, one of the main warrior dudes, like, comes back, and he's, like, defeated, and he's, like, ah, oh, you probably, you probably think I'm a joke, or, or something like that, right, and Joe's, like, no, I don't, I don't think that, what are, you, what are you talking about, you know, like, he's, he's very humble in that aspect, too, where, again, you know, he, 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 he just, like, dunk, <laughs> he just dunk on other people, you know, he's more so just, like, oh, yeah, like, you need help, I got you, you know, like, oh, I mean, we're here, we're doing it, like, why, why wouldn't we, right, um, which, you know, I, I do really like about his character, uh, the thing that got them is this, like, red-eyed tentacle elephant beast, very strong, very menacing, um, although Jiro and Kumi just wreck this beast, like, instantly, you know, like, they're fighting, 
and you know you know they need to save the people that aren't capable and so like all right let's do it let's 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 merge <laughs> you know and they get him um and then we have the end where uh milan is in their debt um you know because they basically saved him they saved him from possible death um so i guess they're still back at the village now and they're waiting out the flood because it's like a huge flood they can't cross it um so i guess they're waiting that out now so uh yeah that was basically the episode pretty quick um this is the show i mentioned at the top of the podcast that there's there's one show that i'm sort of on the edge about and i think that's that's giant beast of ours um revenger for me is probably the next closest although revenger i don't really see myself dropping you know i I think at the very least like the the pieces of the story of revenger and just like the cool samurai stuff is enough for me to probably keep watching it for the whole season giant beast of ours i'm i'm really giving like one last chance you know i feel like the, the setup was neat but i don't super care about the characters enough the world is cool with the beasts, but even that, like, it's not giving me enough there. Um, and, like, my main issue is that I, I don't need another show <laughs> that's just, like, here's a group of people going on an adventure. Like, I, I don't need that, you know? So, um, the the uh, the comparison I make is there's a show called To Your Eternity. To Your Eternity. And uh, as a second season, it's it's a it's a very popular show. You know, people generally really like it. Um, and so I tried it out. And the first season, I watched like I had to watch like sixty to seventy percent of the first season. I just I just couldn't finish it. Like the whole time, I was really pushing myself because you know I hear the manga is really good and the anime is getting super good scores, right? And so I'm like, oh, I gotta keep up. But like, I just couldn't finish it. And even the second season was announced, and like part of me was like, should I go back? But I I can't because. True Eternity for me is is is, a, is an example of the show, where like just it's just an adventure show. Like stuff just happens. Like there, there, there's no goal to True Eternity. Now maybe they get one. Maybe by the end of the first season there's a goal. And it's like oh we're gonna do this, you know. But like to me there's no goal. It's just a group of people who are just like traveling and they're just they're just living life. Like I don't I don't care about that. It's like oh isn't that slice of life? It's like no because slice of life if it's different. Slice of Life is just a different energy to it. Like, Slice of Life, I feel like, still has goals, you know? Like, uh, last season, we watched uh, uh, we watched Do It Yourself. If you haven't seen that show and you're into Slice of Life, watch the show. It's pretty good. And that show was a, a, a bunch of high school girls, I think. Um, I'm pretty sure it was high school. They were in school. <laughs> I don't know. Um... And they were part of this club, this this DIY club, this, this do-it-yourself club. And uh, yeah, they were just having a good time. Every episode was just them building other stuff, um, you know. But there was an overarching goal, which was them ha- them having to cl- them having to get enough members to keep the you know to, to keep the club going so that they can get funding. Um, and then on top of that, there was also the the, the main goal, which we set up. Uh, it was like a few episodes in or so, where they were going to build the treehouse. A treehouse was like their big project, um, you know, because they felt like a treehouse, a little secret clubhouse could get people being like, whoa, there's a treehouse. That's cool. We want to join the club, you know. So, you know, there was two pretty big, you know, prongs there to kind of lead the show on, you know, where it was like there was purpose. To your eternity to me was just like, 
just a group of people just kind of traveling across the lands, meeting new people, coming across these like beasts that they're fighting or whatever. It's like spirits or something. But it's like, I didn't really see like, what's the end goal? <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's kind of how I feel about Giant Beast of ours, where it's like, what is the goal exactly? Because like right now, it's just a group of people who are together. They're traveling. They're just like running away from someone who's trying to capture them. And that's sort of it. Like, where's the goal? Like, is there a place? Is there a destination that they have to reach? You know, is are they going to eventually like fight these guys? Like, what is happening? Or is it just going to be a village to village to city to city to village? And then 12 episodes in, we're done. It's just like, okay. You know, so again, I'm not trying to say the show's bad. I just, it's not, it's not grabbing me. You know, the first couple episodes were neat, but now we're three episodes in and I'm like, episode three wasn't like incredible, you know, so, but, you know, but because people generally like the show for this season, I'm going to give it one more episode. I'm going to try to watch episode four, but I'm warning y'all right now. <laughs> if, if there's, if, if, if I feel the same way about episode four that I do about episode three, I'm dropping it. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not even coming in with it. So, uh, we'll see. Vinland Saga season two, episode two, the show of the season, I think most would agree. Um, unless you haven't seen Vinland Saga season one, then you definitely should. Um, this this is good. You know, this is the episode where we're finally meeting Thorfinn, or re-meeting him. Um, so Einar and Thorfinn will earn their freedom by making this wheat farm. Um, yeah, so we have a wheat farm. It's, it's, it's sort of a weird thing because they're slaves, but they're going to earn their freedom, which is kind of unheard of. Um, so it's nice, you know, again, you can't like fully, <laughs> I guess, love this guy because, you know, slaves, especially in America, very touchy topic as it should be. <laughs> um, but less slaves, more so like indentured servants. Um, if you don't know what indentured servant is, that was something that was really big, I believe around, um, America's industrial revolution. I think I, I, I'm pretty sure that's, that's the timeline. Um, and, 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 and indentured servitude was basically like, you have to work for us for a certain amount of time. And if you do that, then you're free, right? You know, it's, 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 it's sort of like this, right? Um, I, for some reason, I feel like generally indentured servitude was like seven years. I don't know why that sticks in my mind, like seven years, you know, but I feel like that, that was generally the, the time frame for it. Um, it could be less, could be more, you know, obviously it, it was dependent. And, uh, usually, I mean, it was very different than like, slaves like you know like you know on the plantation and stuff that was like america stealing people from another country and or another continent and forcing them to do labor because they felt like they were they were worth less as humans uh very terrible stuff um indentured servitude was more like you know i feel like it only happened when someone owed something to someone or it was like poor people who didn't have anything else and so they were like hey I'm going to go into indentured servitude with someone to have work, to have, you know, shelter and food and all that stuff. And then by the time I'm done, I'll be able to like be on my feet and actually be like a human, maybe not like rich or anything like that, but like, I won't be poor anymore. You know, I'll have this time to sort of, you know, work, you know, and, and, and I'm pretty sure the stories, you know, you know, a lot of people after their servitude just kind of stuck with them because they're like, well, we don't really know anything else. And now we're going to be getting paid for it or whatever. So, um, yeah. So anyway. That's why I feel like this is more like where it's not really slaves. I mean, it is, but it's, you know, I feel like it's closer to like being, being indentured servants. Um, still, still slaves, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it, but 
um, you know, at the very least that there is a silver lining, they can earn their freedom. Yeah, so. Um, Thorfinn uh, stepped in before Einar could make a mistake with the free men. Yeah, because the free men were super antagonistic and Einar is super hot-headed. And Thorfinn is just like, thank you for the food. I'll, I'll take care of him, don't worry, you know. Um, and Einar is definitely trying to get Thorfinn fired up. Um, you because know, he's like, are you okay with this? Will you just let him do that? We have no food. We have a crumble of cheese and two bites of bread. Like, what, you know, and um, my whole thing with this is, you know, I was I was thinking about it. Um, we we know Thorfinn. We don't really know the end of season one and the start of season two, like what happened in, in the gap there, because there's definitely a gap, right? Um, you know, I actually did go back and I sort of looked at season one and was like, how, how did season one end again? Like, oh yeah, we remember, you know, with Thorfinn, he was getting dragged away. I don't remember by which group or whatever, but he was being dragged away. So imagine he like uh, went to prison maybe, or, you know, maybe was just kind of sold off as a slave or something. Um, something big happened because, I don't know. So, you know, so like my whole thing with, you know, with, with Thorfinn, um, is, to me, you know, I think people could be looking at his characters like, man, why isn't Thorfinn more fired up? And, I, you know, I, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think how to word this. You know, I think there's a few different reasons. One, isn't his, like, whole family dead? You know, like, wasn't that what happened in, in season one? Was that his whole family just got destroyed? I mean, either his whole family got destroyed or he's completely away from them, right? Because, you know, you know, he even mentions to Einar, he's like, oh, I'm from Iceland. And Einar's like, Iceland, cool, 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 cool. Where, where's Iceland? <laughs> you know, so like, I don't know where they are right now. I don't remember. And I'm sure they told us. Um, but maybe Iceland is just so unbelievably far from them that it's just like no way to get back to his family. Something like that, right? So that's, you know, that's got to be hard um but also um I'm, I'm pretty sure they're dead though but also like Askeladd died in the end of the first season i forgot about that and so that's got to crush him too because his whole reason for like living basically was so that he can get stronger and stronger and stronger to properly duel Askeladd and kill him for what he did to his family and his father and all that his village all that stuff um so him Askeladd dying not to his own hands crushed him like like those two things together, I think just destroyed his motivation to live basically. And so now he's just like, he's just basically a, a husk, a zombie, you know? And also all that time in between, like, I don't know, he probably went to prison. He might've been tortured. He, you know, and then finally when he was broken, completely broken and they had no more use for him, he was sold off as a slave. And so now he's just, now he's just kind of here, you know, that, that, that's why he says things like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're just going to do our job, and then we earn our freedom, and then whatever, you know. Um, but, you know, I think on top of that, um, you know, I think Thorfinn's just been here longer, you know. I don't know about how much longer, but he has been here a little longer, so, you know, I think he just knows that, like, hey, messing with them is not going to get you anywhere. Reporting them to the master, not going to get us anywhere. Like, it's, you're fired up about this stuff, it doesn't matter, <laughs> You know, like, we just have to roll with it and do the best we can. Because you forget, we're slaves, <laughs> you know? At the end of the day, 
we're not free. Like we really don't have a say in these things, you know? Like you may think you might have a little bit more of a say because master is a little nicer, um, a little more hands-on, letting us earn our freedom, like, you know, but come on. Um, then Anar stops in his tracks when he sees this girl. Don't know who the girl is. Maybe it's his daughter or something. I don't know. But that was, that was just a cliche moment. Like the hothead uh, cools down when he sees a girl. And he's like, oh, no. You know. Um, so I'm sure that'll come back at some point. Uh, the master's son, Omar, doesn't like the farm work. Um, I understand it. You know, I think for the most part, he's seen as this, like, j just like a jerk. You know, but... You see that people can't separate Omar from his father. And I think that really gets to him. You know, I mean, it's on one hand, you got to count yourself lucky. It's like, oh, well, your dad owns a farm and he's probably owns a lot of money and owns a lot of money. He probably has a lot of money. All that stuff. He's going to let you inherit a farm. You should be lucky. You should be grateful. It's fortune, you know, all that stuff. But then on the other hand, it's like when anyone sees me, all they see is my father. Like, that's not, that's not, that's usually not something that like, people like it's like no I want, i'm an individual I'm my own person you know and so it is somewhat childish but he's even like i'm gonna earn, i'm gonna earn my name with with the blade while you were farming i was studying the blade <laughs> you know and so it's just like we get it you know i'd i would like to see more of his character you know hopefully it kind of grounds him a little more and he's not just like this jerk um you know kind of plays more with that whole the whole idea with his dad and all that stuff so um and then we see that Anar and Thorfinn are similar with how their homes were destroyed. Um, you know, Anar sort of talking about his time, Thorfinn not saying anything, but he is awake and he is listening and he is, you know, he is, he, he's connecting the dots. So, you know, ho you know, hopefully that does make him open up maybe a little bit more. And, you know, I, I don't know if there's going to be like, they're going to try to escape or anything like that, but, um, we'll see, we'll see, you know, it, it, it'd be interesting you know, because they're like, oh, you can maybe do this within, within three years. It's like, is this show going to cover three years? Probably not. So I feel like maybe at some point they'll try to escape. We'll see, though. We'll see. Um, after that, we got The Misfit of Demon King Academy, Season 2, Episode 2. Um, yeah, so basically, everyone here is a result of a god. <laughs> You know, like every one of, uh, every one of Anos's people is like, you were here because you were split from a god. You were here because you were chosen. You were here, and it's like, all right, cool, man, cool. Um, Anos has to guess which person is the child of light. He's playing a game with uh, Zeke, Zeke. Um, yeah, it's like a, it's like a mind game. It's like a logic puzzle or whatever. I don't know. And uh, while he's doing that. Oh, yeah, because, like, the stakes are like, oh, if you lose and your magic is cut off for five seconds. It's like, okay, did you think you were going to win? <laughs> five seconds really isn't that much. Um, but as he's doing that, uh, we have all the different fights going on. So we have the shield guy who's taking out Lei. Um, not cool, right? He has the different orbs and whatever. So he's 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 overpowering him, right? We have the zombie guy who's just draining the magic of Eleanor and Zeshia, right? So that, that's not cool, right? He's got the zombies, the magic. They're not doing well. And then we have Misha and Sasha. We're just getting rocked by Sword Girl. Um, like they, like, like they're hurting. Like Sasha, almost dead, <laughs> stabbed in the heart. Uh, Misha, n stabbed uh, as well. 
still doing a little better than Sasha, but man, there. So like right now, it's not looking good for our heroes, <laughs> you know. Like, like I said, Lay's taken out. Eleanor and Zeshia are getting drained, and Misha and Sasha, pretty much dead. Oh, oh, almost dead. I would say pretty, pretty close to dead. Um, and so we have the game going, and you know, it's like, oh, this is right, this is wrong. I'm lying. I'm telling the truth. Whatever. Um, the problem when Zeke wins, because you know, Anos forfeits, is that Zeke like takes uh, Mel Melheis's source. He's like, haha, I have won. I have taken the source because that's like that, that's like his whole goal, right? And you know, he's like, oh, I don't care. Even if you kill me now, I still won. I still beat the Demon King. I bested him. And then Melheis, like like you know just like enters <laughs> enters the room and he's like what and he, you know so like what Anos did was he created a duplicate source right, right at the beginning of the game right before the game started and uh just tricked him tricked him it's like you're an idiot you're you're stupid like you like you know you you did not think of every possible scenario and that is why you've lost um so yeah, it's just, it's just that thing where like, you know, you know even though, you know, because Anos was there and he was like, you think because you took away on magic, you'd win? You know, like, I just outsmarted you, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> child's play, <laughs> you know, and then, uh, and, and, and we basically have, you know, everyone winning in the end, you know, Anos, Anos's crew, what do you think? We were, we think we're scrubs. You think we're just sitting down, losing to everybody? <sighs> Please. So we have Misha creating the floating, floating castle, which is like, uh, like, like a Desgard or something like that, Delados. I, I I forget what it was called. Um, but uh, Misha creating the floating castle, and uh, just has all the power, <laughs> all the power, and then like basically turns the snow girl into like a little snowflake thing. So she's dead. Uh, then we have Lei coming back, and he's like, "You forgot I had multiple sources," and he has like seven, nine sources, something like that. So it's like you took away one source, but. You forgot my others. So now he, you know, he, he stabbed the shield guy. Dead. And then uh, Eleanor says that emotions reside within the source. Not without. Or not, not, not outside the source. So you may have had this like little force field around us, but you can't force field within me. And then blasts the zombie guy. <laughs> He's evaporated. So, you know, it's just that thing where, you know, like... Uh, the Blaze Death King's magic was bested by the Demon King's magic. And it's like, yeah, it's like, what do you think? We were we were that weak? Like, you, like, like, have you have you not heard of us? No, have you have you not heard the tale of Anos and his people? Like, come on, come on, you know. I mean, we have, you know we have shows like this where we have OP characters, and I feel like most of them are bad. Not not necessarily because they're just bad at at their core, but because OP characters have become so you know you know so much more uh, prevalent in, in in you know today's anime landscape, and because there's so much more of them, it's it, you know they're they're oversaturated, oversaturating the market, right? And you have to do something to kind of separate yourself from you know from 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 the crowd, from the rest of the sheep, right? And I feel like this show does a really good job. And I kind of talked about this last episode, but like, you never know how they're going to win. You know, I feel like those are the, those OP characters are the ones to watch 
because most shows that are bad, you already know. So the thing happens and you're like, oh yeah, I guessed it. And then the episode ends and you're like, why did I watch that? <laughs> you know, but with something like, you know, with, with, with the Misfit show, it's like, I was watching this and I was like, I don't know. Like, I honestly just thought that Anos was going to win. He, he was going to win the card game. Like in my mind, I was like, I only need nine guesses. It's like, oh, he, he knows. Like he's going to play with them. And then the ninth guess is going to be the correct guess. And then he wins. Um, but he didn't. Instead, he created a duplicate source <laughs> so that Zeke would think he won, waste his five seconds, and now Anos can just blast him. You know, like, I didn't think that was going to happen. You know what I mean? Um, and then even just with the side stuff with all the, all the, all the, uh, his like crew winning, it's like, yeah, that's, you know, you know, that's just icing on the cake. That's like, oh, you thought, you, you thought, you thought it was sweet. It, ain't, it is not sweet around here. You know, we, we will destroy you. So again, you know, next episode, you know, they are going, they're, they're traveling, you know, they're bringing the, the like sun God with them. So that's, that's, that's going to be a fun time. We're all together going to this place, going to, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, encounter, some some more higher up people so can't wait for that next we have near automata version 1.1a uh this is the other show that i've dropped um the show could be good the show could be great it's just for me it's just not grabbing me you know i mean the the world is cool you know but again i was never super into the game like i played the game and i was like all right that was that was fun you know but the whole, like story behind it never really super into that um you know and then even like the way they're delivering the story in this game i don't really like it um so yeah i don't know i you know i don't really have as much of a deep dive into why i dropped this as why i dropped the other one <laughs> i just you know it's, it's not vibing with me again the show could turn out to be great but um i just don't care <laughs> i just don't care about this show you know I, I don't know um so yeah dropping it Next, we got Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro, Season 2, Episodes 1 through 3. Watch the first three episodes of this one. Um, I just love this show. You know what I mean? Like, I, I understand why some people have gripes with it. I'm not going to I'm not gonna argue with that. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to defend the show to the ends of the earth. But uh, it's, it's just fun. You know, I'm also reading the manga. Manga is super fun, too. Um, so, yeah. Nagatoro, Season 2, Episodes 1 through 3. Uh, we just have a, good, a bunch of good stuff here, so... They almost reenacted the moment from Slave of Love. Uh, you know, that that really is one of my favorite things about this show is we obviously have uh, Senpai, who I always just call Senpai because he does have a name and the name is said, but it's said like once or twice <laughs> and every other time he's just called Senpai. So I always just, I just call him Senpai because uh, everyone else does. Um, so we have Senpai obviously being the super nervous, super anxious, you know, character, and then Nagatoro being super outgoing, you know, teasing him, you know, sort of pushing him or whatever, you know, just kind of mess with him. But then it always reaches a moment, at least one time per episode, usually, where Nagatoro pushes him and Senpai and, and Senpai is like, all right, I'll call your bluff. And then they're both put themselves in a situation where it's too much and they're like, wait, what do we do? <laughs> neither one of us actually wants to go through with this because it's actually super embarrassing and it actually kind of peels back the the mask that that we're both kind of wearing you know it's, it's getting too real so like perfect example is this moment where water actually does fall on her shoe and it's like oh no because you can tell that that nagator actually wasn't going to make him do that but then now water has fallen on and he's like and she's like oh no 
is he going to do it? What am I going to do? I'm, I don't actually like, I, I don't actually have the courage to say, yeah, clean it up. You know, like I, I wasn't going to go through with this. And then senpai is leaning down and it's like, oh no, he's going to do it. And then he kind of just washes it off and it ends with, you know, ends with Nagato just being like, thanks. <laughs> and he's like, don't mention it. It's just like this awkward moment because again, you know, you know, that to me, there are like two uh like aspects of the show that just keep me coming back to it one is the one i already described which is them nagator teasing him you know it doesn't matter whose fault it is it's usually one of their faults that they and then they get put into a situation where they're basically calling each other's bluff but they themselves don't want to call the bluff you know what i mean and then there's the other side of it the, the, the second reason which is just, just the actual romance aspect to it where you can tell they both actually do like each other and so you know what, every so often we do get a genuinely sweet moment where they where you know th there's no teasing there's no anxiety there's no nothing it's just they're just together having a good time enjoying each other's company you know and we'll get to that a little later but you know I just have fun with it um Senpai wants to avoid Nagatoro somewhere, so that's that's a nice thing, right? He's finally making a move. Um, in the middle of that, he accidentally uses one of her greetings where he hugs her, but it's a little bit of an inappropriate hug. Um, not not really his fault, though. He, he literally just trips, and he falls, and he just, you know, try not to fall on his face. Um, and so Nagatoro's like, idiot. <laughs> but then, you know, you know he can't... You, you, you know, she can't really do too much because then her friends come and her friends are like, hey, what's going on here? And and, and so she, you know, she can't say that because, you know, of her, her mixed feelings. Um, we have another moment, again, Summer's the Slave of Love, where uh, he helps her put on her tights. And uh, that's like another one of those moments where she's like, haha, do this. And then, um you know, where, where he's like, where she's like, ha, do this. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. And she's like, ha ha. And he's like, I'm still doing it. And she's like, wait, no, hold on. <laughs> wait, no, hold on. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> and, you know, um, Nagatora made a sushi joke, uh, kind of an inappropriate joke, but then, you know, again, it's, it's moments where like, you know, one of them does something and, it's funny, but then, you know, kind of goes too far and it's like, oh no, wait, I don't, you know, I don't actually want like to like genuinely hurt you or like make you upset, you know, you know, cause that happens a lot, you know, especially, you know, again, in the beginning of the series, you know, you know, that was a big gripe with people with the show where they were like, she just seems like a bully, you know, like she's literally making this man cry. It's like, you are correct. And I'm not going to argue with that. But as the show goes on, I think that, um, you learn that they do like each other. And so, you know, you know, Nagatora does tease him, but you know, never gets to the point where she really wants him to be upset. You know, I think the first few episodes, I think it was that because they didn't know each other and she was just kind of a bully and also just like someone who didn't really understand emotions, you know, like, you know, we do get little inklings of that here and there where she never really dates anybody like, you know, so again, she, again, ignorance is not an excuse, but, you know, you know, I think that is explaining why she was really harsh uh, in the beginning of the show. Um... The club president gave Senpai some zoo tickets. Um, and so the whole thing there is that he's going to invite Nagatoro. Um, Nagatoro, although doesn't really want to draw though, like she's not an artist, she's not super into drawing, um, but she does do like all the work <laughs> in, in getting him to invite her. 
you know, because she she hears, right? She hears the hiss tickets. You know, she hears the club president is like, hey, invite invite the cat girl. Um, and so she, you know, he's like, it's a really just awkward scene where he's like, hey, uh, do you uh, do you like animals? <laughs> She's like, oh, I love animals. And he's like, cool, 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 cool. Um, do you do you like drawing? And she's like, eh, not really. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and she's like, well, well, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. I mean, you know, I do take fine arts, so I do draw and everything. And he's like, oh, that's cool. Um, <laughs> and just nothing happens. And then she's like, so like, you know, what? Why do you ask? <laughs> and then in his mind, he's like, how do I ask her? How do I ask her? Oh man, I can't, you know. You know, I can't just come out and like offer to help her draw. You know, you know it's gonna be super condescending. You know, like who am I to teach someone? And also, who am I to say that she's not a good artist? You know, blah blah blah. And then he can like see, or, or you know, Nagatora can see this, and she's like, "Yeah, you know, I, you know, I, I, I draw. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not really that good. You know, I, I, you know, you know, you're, you're good though. You know, maybe sometime you should, you know, you should teach me." And and then he finally says, "Hey, do you want to come to the zoo?" Blah blah. blah. And it's like, "Oh, great, awesome." You know, so again, she she does all the work there, <laughs> and 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 I love that. Um, get to the zoo, we're drawing. You know, again, she doesn't really want to draw. Um, you know, she wants to just wants to draw the animals, but you know, she sees that the senpai is really set on this. That's kind of the point of it is to draw, and so, you know, he's he's a, he's apologetic, but you know, you know, Nagatoro, this this one time, she sort of bends to him, and she's like, you know what, I can. You know, because again, in, in her mind, she she wants to be here with him. Like she does like him the same way he does like her. So you know, in, in her mind, she's like, I'll I'll you know I'll be the one to compromise. You know, I, you know I'm not gonna force him. I'm not gonna put this on him and like have him you know, have a good time or have a you know force him to have a bad time because you know I want him to do what I want to do. Um, and then we meet this couple who just sucks. You know, the couple comes in and is like. Oh, this one's pretty good, but this drawing is trash. Like, ha ha ha! Is this is did a did a grade schooler do this? Ha 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 ha! And then you know, uh, senpai comes up and he's very very nervous, but he does defend her and he says, "Hey, don't you know? Don't don't make fun of you know stuff that people have you know you know put a lot of heart into you know put a lot of hard work into you know that's that's you know, that's not cool. Like, you know, whoever drew this is really trying and really uh, you know." This is their hard work. Like, what are you, like, you know, who are you to laugh at it? I mean, it's, you know, and then they, they kind of egg him on because, again, he's not, he's not a very confident person, not a very imposing person. And Nagatoro comes and they, they, they flip the script. Nagatoro comes and is like, oh, yeah, that's my drawing. And it is very serious. It is not a joke drawing. What, what were you saying? <laughs> and they're like, okay, cool, bye. And then they leave. And um, it was a nice moment there again, you know, them standing up for each other. But then also we get the flashback of just a few moments ago where Nagatoro did hear him stand up for her and it's like oh great moment you know awesome um and then uh you know we have the moment where nagatoro drew senpai you know they're like oh why you know i wonder why she's drawn from so far away it's like oh i was drawing him and um you know it's even like oh you know it's not it's not like a particularly good drawing but it is a very purposeful drawing and it's like oh, it's just again like she doesn't draw but like for her to do that is such you know such a nice moment um, and then, uh, Nagatoro found, oh, well, a little before that, uh, we realized that Senpai doesn't know Nagatoro's first name, which, you know, which, you know, he feels very embarrassed about, because he's like, oh, I feel like I should know that. Um, and then Nagatoro finds him in the locker, because he was hiding there, he's trying to return her phone, 
And uh, it's nice because for a moment you're like, oh, she's going to out him. But then she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I found your phone. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it was a nice moment, you know, because, you know, even, you know, she's able to distract them and bring him out. And, you know, she, you know, she even says like, okay, this was like legitimately creepy, you know, like, you know, because we know that, you know, she calls him a creep a lot she, to tease him. But in this moment, she's like, no, like for real though, this was something really creepy that you did, <laughs> you know, but she forgives him because again, she likes him, but also like, you know, you know, I feel like she understands why he did it. Um, and it was, it was, it was good intentions. Um, um, and then, uh, what do we have? Uh, and then we have like the race, basically at the end of the episode where, uh, the club president just wearing a bunny outfit. I guess it's like art. It's like some, some sort of like art thing that she's doing. Um, and then Nagatoro starts to help Senpai with his injured ankle because he's running with it. And then, you know, there's a thing where he's like, you know, do you, you know, do you feel guilty for this? Because, you know, you, you sort of made me run. Um, but then again, you know, you know, she didn't know, you know, so I feel like she, she can feel guilty, but, you know, I, you know, I don't feel like, I mean, in any case, you know, you know, Senpai wouldn't really do that to her, but also in this case, like, well, she didn't know, she didn't know that your ankle was hurt, you know, um, you know, so then she starts helps, she starts carrying him, and it's funny because he's like, "Man, you're so strong." And then Nagatoro's like struggling, <laughs> and it's like, and she's like, "Hey, hey, no, 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 don't, you know, don't, don't help me to hurt yourself." Um, you know, you know, that's not, that's not the goal. That's not what I want. And then all of the friends start to help him, and it's like, "Okay, cool, we're together. We're gonna win this." Tortoise in the hair, and we we have a great moment where um, they win. Like, you know, you know, they do pass the club, they do, do the finish line first, but then the referee is like, you're disqualified. <laughs> and Senpai's like, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. You know, because, you know, if for anime, it is a very nice moment um, with like them all helping together, passing the club president. Um, but then in, in, in realistic terms, it's like, I don't think you're allowed to carry someone across the finish line. <laughs> Um, you know, I also don't think you're allowed to like, just like run together and, you know, so it's, it's, it's a nice comedic beat where it's like, oh yeah, they won disqualified. You know what? That's fair. That's, you know, I'm not going to, none of us are going to argue with that. <laughs> um, and then we have the very end, which is setting up the next episode, which I'm, I'm excited for, um, where Nagatoro is sick. He's very much caring about her. He goes there to give some, some homework. Um, and then Nagator's older sister catches him, doesn't, doesn't know him and is going to call the police. <laughs> and then he's like, no, 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 I'm bringing the homework. I swear I'm from school. And she's like, oh, you're senpai-kun. Ooh, okay. Gotcha. Let's go. All right. Let's, let's have some fun. Um, so yeah, so this, this episode I imagine is going to be her kind of messing with him and her probably messing with Nagator too. Although Nagator is sick, so I don't really know how hard, you know, how, you know, how, how hard she's going to let her have it. Um, but also maybe a nice moment where, uh, you know, Senpai is coming in to help Nagatoro when she's sick, you know, you know, it's usually something that a very close friend will do. So I'm sure we'll get some good stuff there. And, uh, yeah, I just, I just love the show. You know, it's, it's, it's nice. It's funny, you know, but there, but there is some heart to it. Um, so then we have, or we're making some progress guys. This, this is a long episode. Like it's already over two hours. Jesus. Um, or maybe with editing, we might be a little less than two hours right now, but, uh, geez, already two hours. All right. Um, Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible, episode one. Um, 
Yeah, I I really I really enjoy the show. You know, you know the show where I feel like when I was looking at it, I was like, ah, I don't know, I don't know if I like this gimmick. Let me tell you guys, I love this gimmick. <laughs> it is, it's a great gimmick. Um, so Kubo is the only one that really notices Shiraishi. Shiraishi, Shirashi. I'm just gonna say Shirashi. Um, he's you know he's he's literally invisible. He's visible to everybody unless he super brings attention to himself. No one knows. Like all of his classmates just think that he. He, he skips school every day, you know, but no, Kubo, Kubo's here, or, uh, you know, Shirashi's here every day, but Kubo's the only one that can see him, and Kubo's, like, a super popular person, so it's a, it's a very classic dynamic there, um, and so, you know, this show is basically just different situations that Kubo puts Shirashi in for her own amusement, you know, but also, aside from that, um, you know, I do feel like she is really helping him, um, you know, because right now he's just a background character and with everything she does, you know, it is a little bit of a tease, but it is like, you know, I want you to be a main character, you know, like all, all the stuff that I'm making you do is something a main character would do. And, you know, I feel like deep down he does, um, you know, he does appreciate that. So like, uh, she got caught standing up. So it's like, oh, it's a moment where, you know, I want to test how far, <laughs> you know, you, you know, how far we can bring this, um, you know, if, if you were to stand up in class, what, you know, would people notice you? And he does, um, but it was, it was very funny. And then, uh, you know, she, or, uh, you know, he calls him a, a, a villainess and she's like, Hey, that's not fair. That's not fair. He's like, if anything, I am, I'm your heroine. You know, I, I'm the one to save the day. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm the one to, to help you out. And, uh, you know, you can, you gotta see both sides. You gotta see both sides of it. You know, I feel like in this instance, they're not mutually exclusive. Um, Again, another moment where she wants to test things. She she sits on his lap, um, and nobody notices, right? Because you know he he brought to her attention one day that like you know if you know if her, someone were to sit in a chair, they were sitting in his lap, they wouldn't even notice because they just don't see him there, and that's true for this one as well. Um, let's see, they they help each other with the answer. So like, no one has ever called on Shirashi ever because you know he doesn't bring attention to himself, so no one ever sees him. So then she calls for the answer. She says, "I don't know the answer." But Shirashi does. It's like, oh, Shirashi's here? Oh, I wonder if he's smart, blah, blah, blah. And he doesn't know the answer. <laughs> but then Kubo, being the friend, says, hey, I actually know the answer. Here's the answer. And he gives the right answer, and it's great. It's awesome. Um, so, you know, a nice moment there where, again, he is like a main character. He gets called on, right? Something he's never experienced before. And then he, Kubo gets called on again. <laughs> and, and it's like, it's the one question she doesn't know the answer to. and she And she's like, Hey, um, you, you remember before how like I had your back, and I was hoping that you would have my back. Do you know the answer? <laughs> and he does. You know, he doesn't really know it. He he, he kind of has like a good guess, and uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's nice little reciprocation there. Um, you know. And then uh, Shirashi finally got the tissues from this dude that was handing out tissues to people, so he completely forgot about buying the video game he wanted to buy. So again, it's it you know it's it's more adding to the character and like his everyday life of like these these like little wins that he has you know. Um, and we have a very nice moment where uh, you know they take a selfie together. The whole point of that um, was that the you know the phone camera you know all phone cameras nowadays they like recognize the face right and they'll like that helps like with like the quality of the picture all that stuff. And so she was testing out, like, how close do you have to be for my phone camera to recognize your face? And it did. It recognized the face. And again, that, that was a nice moment with Shirashi. Like, oh, man, the phone recognized me. <laughs> it sees me as a person. Um, but also, 
um, you know, Kubo kind of, you know, kind of messing with him, being like, oh, don't worry, you know, I'm, I'm going to let you off easy today. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not going to make you do anything. And then even to herself, she's like, I, I, I was, I've already been spoiled today, you know, because again, like deep down, like she likes him, you know, and I think he likes her too. Um, you know, it's just this like fun little, you know, teasing relationship, you know, between who they are as people. Um, so the fact that they were able to, she was able to get close to him, take a picture, you know, she's like, listen, I'm, I'm happy, you know, and then even further than that, they trade, uh, what it pine information, which is, which is their little parody offline. And, uh, so she's already super happy about that as well. And, uh, you know, he meant, she mentions to him like, oh, you know, we should hang out sometime. And he's like, ah, oh, she, she didn't really mean that. And then she messages him, hey, we should hang out sometime. And then he's like, all right. <laughs> a super weird answer to that, to that, you know, to that, uh, that proposition. But um, happy on his end because he's like, oh, man, she really wants to hang out with me. Um, but then super happy on her end where she's like, he said yes. <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, you, you, you love to see it. Um, and so again, yeah, I just, I just really love the show. I, I love the gimmick. I, I don't, I really hope it doesn't get old because I, I love it. And uh, it's just it's just two, two fun characters doing fun things. Again, uh, those you know those are shows that are always nice. So next we got Trigun Stampede episode one. Um, this show is great too. You know this is one that I wasn't sure I was gonna check out because people online like I just couldn't find a, a clear answer on if this was a full like reboot like a retelling or if it was like. A sort of sequel like I couldn't get a thing but you know from, from what I gathered this is a retelling this is something where they're just telling the story over again in different ways or sort of changing around character changing around plot lines so you so from what from what I understand you can completely watch this without watching original Trigon I do want to watch original Trigon at some point but you don't you don't have to <laughs> um, so and also like the other thing kind of making me want to watch it was Studio Orange did the animation for this which they did um, uh, Beastars um, and then also a show that I liked even more, and I wish they would do more seasons to, is Land of the Lustrous. If you haven't seen Land of the Lustrous, please watch it, because it is incredible. Um, and just like, you know, Studio Orange is like the studio where it's like, if there's ever going to be a 3D anime made, I want them to do it, because they are really good at it. Um, so, um, it seems like the mom kind of gave them, gave everything so her kids could live, which we find out is the main character's mother and the brother. Um, so that was a really sad, it was a very like Superman <laughs> type thing where it's like, the world is being destroyed. We're going to, we're going to ship you off to another planet so you can live. Um, then we have Meryl and Roberto. They're both, uh, reporters. Nice little dynamic between them. Uh, they're in no man's land. So again, we're kind of just building up the, the world, the characters, all that stuff. Uh, we have the July military police who are looking for the humanoid typhoon. Um, a super like, uh, like infamous criminal, I guess, maybe even killer. I don't, you know, um, Turns out that Vash, who's our main character, um, he is Vash the Stampede. He is known as the Humanoid Typhoon. He is like the criminal <laughs> that they are after. And Meryl and Roberto find him. Um, and they, they, they don't give him away completely, which I thought was nice. But then also it's because they're like, oh, we're, we're going to try to clear his name. We're going to get a good story and, you know, investigate, I guess. Uh, but it turns out that Vash is actually maybe not a bad person. Maybe he's, uh, you know, one of those people that just gets a bad rap um because you know people in this in this village love him you know you know so much so that you know they they bring him to this little water plant that gives them clean water that has, that has been broken down and uh 
you know, he, he wants to be there to help, you know, he's like analyzing everything, you know, I want to be there to help, you know, I've already saved the village at one point, so he's, you know, he's like a hero to them, so it's like, how can he be a hero and also a villain, you know? Um, and so then the July police finally catch up with them, and they're gonna, you know, they're gonna take him out, basically, you know, we, we don't, we don't want that, we like Vash, and so Roberto was like, why don't you do a duel? If you're a real man, you'll duel him, and, uh, you know, Vash doesn't like that, because Vash, seemingly is like a it's like a you know he doesn't like fighting right he's he, he's never he doesn't duel he doesn't like fighting he doesn't, he doesn't want this and the july police are like heck yeah like that's yeah we'll win easy um and and this is where it gets crazy because <laughs> the, the july captain decides forget the duel i'm gonna throw my gun you know vash is like oh he's throwing his gun what's what's happening like I'm, I'm not gonna shoot. He's not gonna shoot. What, what do we do? He takes out a missile launcher and fires a cluster missile, a cluster bomb into the air. And now there's like 75 <laughs> missiles that are raining down. And he's like, I don't care if I take you out with me. <laughs> Just like, why did, why did this escalate so quickly? <laughs> why, what? You, you are, you are, a, you are a policeman. You should be taking him in for justice, not, not killing him, yourself, your comrades, and the village. That is, that is crazy suicidal. What is, what? Um, and so Vash just turns up the heat, right? Like, 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 like we're talking some crazy, like you're giving me like Cowboy Bebop vibes. You're giving me Licorice Recoil vibes. Like he's, he's going nuts where he first dodges this man's bullets at point blank range. Like this man is probably points his gun maybe less than six inches from this man's body and he dodges like like three or four bullets in a row like like i don't know like kicks him or something he, he goes he goes away catches the single bullet that he needs because he's out of bullets so he catches a single bullet from from marrow puts in his gun fires or like like throws a rock you know he throws a rock or something at the at, at the cluster shoots the rock rock pieces go everywhere the bullet ricochets a million times and basically just detonates all of the bombs in midair you know that way they don't you know hit the village and the people and kill everyone it just like, blows your mind completely of just like oh we get it you know you know we get why he's so infamous like he does have skills you know he just seemingly doesn't want to kill other people you know you know that's why he didn't want he didn't want to participate in the duel because now we look back at him we're like oh he yeah he he would have he would have won <laughs> um i guess he didn't have any bullets so that would have been a tough win but just just talking skill based he would have destroyed this man you know um but again it's even more so again you know not even the whole like killing thing but he saved everyone like he put his life on the line like imagine if he didn't get any more bullets he would have just died so, so now we're starting to see like this you know this weird dichotomy with okay well he seems like a good person so why is he wanted you know, like, you know, like, what exactly has he, has he done, you know? I'm sure maybe next episode we'll get a little more backstory into that. Um, and then at the end, we see some more kind of teeing up of characters where Vash's brother, who's known as Millions Knives, uh, is alive and he sounds like a monster. Um, he killed a bunch of people, you know, you know, even his, you know, their own family. Um, yeah, like, that's, oof, not, not a big fan of the brother, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I'm really enjoying the show. Again, the animation is great. I already mentioned Studio Orange, but also like our, our little cast of characters we're we're gathering right now are, are fun and interesting. Um, uh, yeah, I just I just want to see more, I guess. 
Uh, now we have High Card, episode one. Um, we have, uh, there's a crazy opening. We have C4, a helicopter, a missile, um, a lot of stuff happening. It's not really explained what, what's happening, but basically it's the setup where we have the cards, the magical cards they left out of the briefcase and they got scattered, I guess, all over the world. Um, and so they're like magical cards. We don't know what they do yet. But that's the story, isn't it? <laughs> um, then we meet our main character, Finn, who is finding ways to steal from people. It's basically because he's poor, and so he's trying to make some money. The guy won't buy his stuff because, you know, he doesn't buy stolen goods. Um, you know, but I guess the whole point is because he looks after a bunch of people. Like, I don't know if this is like a school or an orphanage or something. Um, and, you know, you know that place he looks after, he, you know, I guess that's how he's always made money to help the guy, you know, the main owner or whatever, uh, pay his rent and all that. They're in, they're in a deep way though, because, uh, apparently the, you know, the, you know, like the city or whatever, they're like, oh, don't worry about paying no more. You know, we're going to basically bulldoze this place and, and, you know, put an apartment complex here. So you're all good. Don't worry about it. It's like, Ooh, that's not, that's not what you want to hear. <laughs> um, and the other thing with him with like selling stuff, you know, uh, is he has his card. And he's like, oh, that, that could be worth a fortune. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not selling this. Um, you know, so again, we're kind of meeting these cards, seeing what they're all about. Um, so I think something special about it. Now we're at the casino. He's really good at gambling. We're not sure why. Uh, he wins a lot of money. It's like, okay, this is this is good. This is good. And then the old man comes in, just wrecks him. Just gets all, all the crazy poker stuff, you know, winning left and right. Steals all of his money. I mean, wins all of his money. Left him in shambles. <laughs> There's definitely something, you know, something, you know, something magical happening here. Later, we learn that it's the glove. He has a card. Uh, I guess the card's power is luck, right? Um, we, we still don't know what, what uh, uh, Finn's card is all about. Um, you know, he just he just kind of sees it as his, has a good luck charm. Um, and then uh, and then Lucky is accused of cheating, which does happen in casinos. Like if, you know, if, if someone is winning enough, they'll they'll sort of stop that guy from winning, <laughs> You know, or, or you know, the, the, the casino has cameras everywhere. So, you know, they'll they'll kind of keep an eye on him. Like, is, is he cheating? Because generally casinos, you you know, you don't have good odds. You know, like like the house always wins, right? You know, that's, that's a very famous saying. Um, so, you know, so if someone keeps winning and winning and winning and they win $50 million in one night, it's like something is afoot. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and this is basically where the whole show turns, and it's like, oh, this is, we're kind of seeing a glimpse of what the show really is. Um, so we have this man, Bobby, um, and so I also just want to mention, a lot of these names, I don't know if they're mentioned in the show, I just kind of looked up the names, because I don't want to be like, this guy, that guy, this guy, you know, I just have to give them names. So Bobby is the guy who has the marbles, and he's just turning everyone into marbles. Uh, pretty, pretty sick way, <laughs> a pretty, pretty sick way to injure and or kill people, turning them into marbles, and they could fire marbles too really like um uh clever like power you know like you know whoever wrote this that's very very clever very very unique um and we have chris who also has a card i'm not really sure what his card does it's like calorie something so i think maybe it just makes him like have a lot of energy maybe like really strong i don't, I don't quite know um and then, uh, so, so they're fighting, they're basically fighting over cards, right? Like, I want to take your card, you know, because these cards are very special, they're very powerful. Um, if, if you know about them, you know about them. And, uh, let's see, I think, uh, you know, I believe Lucky dies, Lucky gets shot, 
Um, so yeah, he's he's done. <laughs> and his card is now not his anymore. And then we have this crazy car scene chase. Um, Finn, Bobby, and Chris, they all, ca they, they all crash their cars. Um, and uh, they're, they're not doing well. <laughs> not doing well, you know, when you, when you crash a car, it turns out you're, you know, physically not very healthy. Um, so again, it's just, it's just going to show more and more like how powerful these cards are. And like, I'm sure at some point we're going to see this crazy overarching like story of like everyone hunting cards, like card hunters, right? Um, and so we have Finn and Chris who are meeting each other. And uh, he's like, oh, give me the card. Give me the card, Finn. <laughs> um, and then Bobby comes out of nowhere, just like plucks this dude, um, kills him basically. And then uh, now it's Bobby and Finn who are at odds and Finn uses his card. We finally see what his card does, and his card is a gun, I guess. Um, and, you know, also, I you know, I think the cards, they, you know, there is like a hierarchy of the cards, because when he pulls out his card, Bobby's like, whoa, a two of spades? You know, you know. so I think maybe there is some sort of hierarchy, which we might learn a little bit later. Um, he pulls out a gun, he fires a marble, the dude fires a bullet that shoots through the marble, and, and slices his arm up, and he like falls over. I don't know if he's dead, but he's... He's, he's, he's done for, you know, for now. And then we see Chris, <laughs> Chris is back up and it's like, what is happening? <laughs> no one dies. And then they basically point guns at each other. They're at a standoff. That's how it ends. So, um, very interesting first episode. This whole the concept between the cards and the magic and the hunters and all that stuff. Um, I'm again, very, very interesting first episode. You know, I, I don't really have too much more to say about it just because I think the next episode is going to like episodes two and three i'm sure we'll get way more into what the world is and more characters and all that stuff um but yeah a cool a cool really cool start um next we got kana of the great snow sea episode one um so yeah um you know you know there's another one i saw some comparisons to nausicaa uh, which is a a, a, a a Ghibli movie. I see it. I understand it. Um, you know, I think so far, episode one of this, um, it sets up a really nice world. Now I need I need to set up more character-based stuff. And I, and, and I think that's what they're going to do. But I'm just, you know, kind of the energy I'm getting where it's like, cool world. What about the characters, though? You know, but I think I think next episode we're going to deep dive into that. But um, so basically we have uh, Kena, who caught a bug with eggs. That's like a big deal. Because just, you know, First off, catching food is important so they can eat. But also with eggs, I guess that's like, ooh, that's nice. <laughs> you know, because eggs are eggs. Eggs are, eggs are tasty, right? Um, and we get more of the world there. Uh, you know, aside from the characters, I'm like, oh, they're kind of like hunting food and whatever. Now we get more of the world where it's like, okay, world's not doing well. We have, there are growing holes in the canopy, which is not good. Uh, the water is getting low. The orbital spire tree is dying, like... You know, all, you know, all the people are discussing this and they're like, man, we're old. Like, we're going to die soon. But, like, Kana, Kana has to live in this. Like, man, you know, we, you know, he's he's already under so much pressure, so much stress. Like, man, this sucks, you know. Then um, we get more of the world where, you know, apparently when there were other villages, because apparently uh, this village that they're in, only village left, you know, only village left on the, on, on the canopy. Um, there used to be billboard readers and I guess they would like share these like texts and, um, the whole point of it was like, maybe there was like knowledge to be had, maybe to better their world advance, maybe some technology or something. 
but now there's no more other villages and there's only one man who can even read the billboards anymore so like is it worth it like again this world is really being set up as really sad and dreary and no hope um and then uh you know uh you know Kanan brings to his attention he's like hey you know what about the snow sea you know i see stuff moving and they're like oh it's probably just like clusters of bugs and whatever like what if it's not clusters what if it's humans you know and he's like man you know no one no one knows what's under the snow sea you know like no one no one knows so it could be humans it could not be you know are, are you are you gonna be the one to do it and he's like ah oh, no i don't think so i just you know just just curious right so that kind of sets that up perfectly because then this the next the, the rest of the episode is us talking about the snow sea and um there are people riding some sort of creatures in the snow sea um so we see people are down there and there is very much like pretty much a whole civilization down there um so we have a nice little fight scene here where they are going after this floater um then there's these like uh these like gal galgian troops who are here to i guess kill uh our characters who are princess riria and just also other people as well. Um, again, we're not quite sure their motivations, like why they're doing this. Again, we haven't learned enough about them to know that, but they are trouble. And we have a nice fight scene, like I said, of them kind of going back and forth. Um, Princess Riria's people are not doing well because, I mean, their technology just isn't, <laughs> it, it's just not up to snuff. Um, and so everyone basically sacrifices themselves. Princess Riria is able to fly away on the floater thing to get away from them. And uh, then she is grabbed by Kana out of the floater all the way up in the canopy. So, you know, again, you know, I think that this sets up a really nice story because people in the canopy and the people in the snow sea, they're obviously, um, obviously separated from each other, right? They don't know too much about each other's worlds. And so now that Riria is up there, a whole bevy of information and knowledge i bet is, is about to get spilled of like whoa what's happening that whoa you're a person you're from down there are there other people what's going on do you guys have water and food and you know and, and i'm sure the, the other way will work as well where it's like whoa what is this place you know all the way up here you know like we don't really go up here you know um so yeah i'm that i feel like is what the story kind of is is two worlds colliding and like how they are able you know hopefully to be, be able to help each other out um, so yeah, this whole thing where it's like more about the world, you know, I, you know, I think we learned a lot about Kana and the canopy. I think next episode is going to be a lot of Riria and the snow sea. And I'm, I'm here for it, man. I've, it's again, they, they, they've set up a cool world so far. Just keep giving me more. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure this show, this show will be solid. Next we have the fire hunter, uh, episode one, not too much here, although I'm, I, I'm in. You know, like, like kind of what they set up. It's cool. It's cool. Um, so a fire hunter dies, leaving behind his dog and sickle. That's apparently just what happens. Um, and so then we have Toko, who's the main character. Toko's aunt, aunt, I would say aunt, but I know it's probably aunt. Uh, Toko's aunt says she should go to the capital to return the dog, sickle, and stone. Um, so those are all the things that the hunter left behind. Um, you know, cause they're not hers, you know, with the dog, the sickle, the stone, they're not hers. Like they, you know, they belong to the capital, um, who like employs all the fire hunters and stuff. Like you, you like, you, you should return them so that, you know, maybe another fire hunter can get them or whatever. And also like those things might cause us trouble, all that stuff. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of, that's kind of set up there as we got fire hunters and we have Toko having the fire hunter stuff. 
Um, then we see that fire fiends kill Toko's family, um, which is basically the, the, the knowledge of, okay, so the family she's living with is not her actual family. Um, her parents died, her siblings, I think, died and stuff too. And so, you know, you know, they kind of just took her in, you know, I think that, yeah, 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 yeah. Because then even like the sister like hates her and is like, oh, I hate you. Or you came around, you know, you're just taking up space, taking up food, you know, and now, and now you're leaving, you know, you know, you, you kind of like mooch off of us and now you leave. And, um, it's like, that's tough. That's a, that's a tough situation. Um, you know, and also on top of that, it's like everyone blames her for the fire hunter's death, which maybe I'm wrong, but I don't necessarily think that's fair like to just say the fire hunter died because of her like i don't know i don't know you guys think differently like you know do you think it's it's her fault like i mean i guess you can say like oh well the fire hunter was protecting her from 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 the, the monster it's like yeah but that's also his job <laughs> like he is a fire hunter you know so it's like why wouldn't he do that you know i don't know um we have a nice thing with the with the the collection truck is like a huge special occurrence because because the, the collection truck comes i think once every six months they said and um it buys stuff you know so if you have stuff to sell it can buy stuff for you give you a little bit of money but also it comes with goods you know goods that you would have never gotten just in the village so it's a, it's a nice thing and, and the reason why that's important is because you know everything's sort of colliding so now toko is going to use the collection truck to go to the capital um, and, and return everything. It's gonna be a really long journey. We have NG who seems really nice. You know, he's one of like the the people who ride and operate the truck. Um, it really looks more like a train to me. But anyway, um, and he's like, hey man, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a very dangerous trip. You know, it's like and even like don't don't sugarcoat it. You know, it's like yeah, like it's gonna be tough. You know, like we, you know, it's not it's not gonna be pleasant. You know, there are there are things that maybe they're very difficult. There might be people. You know, I, I imagine. You know, these collection trucks might be susceptible to some sort of, uh, like, pirates. Um, but also, like, it's going to be a long journey. Like, it's going to take a while for us to get to the capital because we have many, many, many other stops to make, you know? And then we and then we don't just go to the capital and leave. Like, we stay at the capital for a while. So, like, if all goes well, you're probably not going to be back home for, like, two years. And, that, and, and that's, like, best-case scenario. Um, you know, so, again, you know, I... I I appreciate NG and the others, you know, you know, like the, like the main captain that kind of talks to her for like telling her everything, you know, being like, oh, it's going to be great. Like, no, like, are you sure? And I love Toko being like, I'm ready to go. I made peace. You know, she brings up like her parents' graves. Like, I'm going like, like this is my purpose. Um, so, yeah, again, a, a, a cool setup. You know, I, I'd love to learn more about the fire hunters. Um and then we have, you know, Toko going on this journey, going to some other villages. Um, maybe Toko becomes a fire hunter. That would be kind of neat. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. And then <laughs> we got a couple more. This is a long episode. We have uh, Inspector, season two, episode one. Um, yeah, this is a show, season two. Uh, I watched the first season... When it came out like a few years ago i always thought it was really interesting i didn't love it but i thought it was interesting so i, I was like ah, i gotta do season two right um so yeah this is um episode one though i don't think there's a lot to talk about i feel like it's mostly like recap and then 
sort of just like introducing you to the characters and like the premise of the show because <laughs> um, mostly we just like okay so we got uh we have kodoko who is the goddess of wisdom we have kuro who is like her boyfriend technically i guess i don't i don't quite remember if they're actually together together or not are they i don't remember um most of the main characters right um and then we have you know nice little like you know beginners <laughs> mission again I, you know i feel like the, the point of this is just to kind of tell like re like uh you know remind the the viewer to be like hey remember this show um then we have like uh, we have a ghost who is scared of a noise in a doll which is very funny right because you think oh the noises and stuff is supernatural so it's funny that supernatural is afraid of supernatural um it turns out that it was just the manager trying to hide a lizard pet um the, the, the lizard pet was making noises and so it's like oh well then you know why doesn't he just come clean it's like well probably not allowed to really have lizards so if you get caught for that it wouldn't be it'd be trouble for him so now he just kind of like makes noise in the apartment to like blame it on it oh it's a supernatural thing don't don't look over here at my lizard um and so yeah and then and then they get further into the real supernatural stuff and the doll was taken by a guy who had a wrestling injury so that's like his plight and now he's like oh it's like a wrestling spirit that they have to fight um, and again, more so just reminding you of what the show is and the characters are, we see Kuro fight and we, we, we remember that, oh, right, he's immortal, so just keep coming back so he can't be killed. And then he, he can also, um, he, he can't quite see the future, he, he can more so just like pick the future, which is different, um, which is like his, his, his like one-two punch of like, oh, he, if he dies and he can come back and be like, oh, so don't do that, let me pick this future, you know? Um, and then, you know, we have Kodoko who comes in the clutch and helps him, stabs the, the little beetle wrestler in the back, takes him out. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much the episode. You know, like I said, there's not really much to talk about because the, the whole episode, I, I feel like, is just like, hey, season two of the show, if you forgot about what the show is, here's Kodoko, here's Kuro, and here's what happens. <laughs> you know, so not not a really big first episode. I feel like episode two and three is where we're gonna really get more into it but um yeah again i'm, I'm back for the ride I, I and again it did it, it did do a good job because i forgot a lot about both these characters and you kind of remember how like oh this show is just kind of like kind of like scooby-doo in a sense where it's like yeah we're just kind of solving mysteries you know like spiritual uh mysteries so that's fun and then the final show i will talk about today is tokyo avengers season two episode one um Tokyo Avengers is another show where I see I watched so long ago and I kind of fell off of it at the end like I still finished the show but I was kind of just like speeding through it um so I really didn't remember what happened so I did actually go back and <laughs> like read about like the sort of ending of the show uh, because you know Tokyo Avengers is one of the most highly anticipated shows this season so I was like ah, oh, I should probably give another chance you know um so we're doing episode one today and uh I'm I'm in I think you know I'm 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 back in. I don't know why I fell off. Maybe there's just other shows that I wanted to watch more. And so I kind of just, you know, sped through it. But um, yeah, so episode one, we got Kazutora attacks Takamichi. It was more so out of just like frustration than anything else. Um, we learned some things that Mikey is gone. He's really nowhere to be seen. And, you know, Draken is dead, right? He's on, you know, he's on death row. So he got, he got killed. Um, very sad, very sad stuff. You know, stuff that I forgot. And now it's, they're being said and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> You know, Draken was cool, right? Um, and so basically, where where this is being set up is that uh, Toe Man, 
um, has gotten really big and out of control, right? It's sort of strayed away from what, you know, Mikey's original vision was for the organization. Um, and so now it is Takemichi and, you know, Kazutora is sort of helping him and they're like, we want to restore this. We want to clean out the waste and bring Tome into its former glory. Um, and so with that, we're learning more stuff about what's happening. Cause again, you know, Takemichi bringing, you know, coming back into this reality, you know, he's like a fish out of water. He's like, Hey, so what, what's going on? <laughs> um, so we have Mikey who's apparently sent for the missing Mitsuya. Um, and, uh, while Kiski and Takemichi or while, while Kiski had Takemichi tied up, uh, Mikey had Pachin and Peyen killed. So while Mikey is gone, he is still very much active. Um, and so basically what we're thinking is that Mikey is purging old Toman members and he doesn't trust his old friends anymore. Um, so I guess that Mikey, you know, you know, kind of the conclusion that they come to because of all of this is that Kiski has corrupted Mikey, you know, Kiski has caused Mikey to stray from the path. Maybe, you know, maybe it's the money, maybe it's, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so I think that's kind of their goal too, is to get at Kiski, take him out and like bring Mikey back. Like, Hey, like, we know that this is not what you wanted for this for these people you know this supposed to be something that we can rely on we can rely on each other to death and you're, you're, you're taking out old members like that's not that's that's so contradictory um and then uh kazutora kazutora and chifuyu were approached by naoto about revenge um so again we're getting a little bit of backstory there remember naoto is the brother of hinata um, you know, so that's, that's kind of how that all happened. And then we realized that Kiski gave the order for the Toman member to crash his car that killed Hinata. Right. So that, you know, you know, so that's kind of what they learned. Um, you know, so now it's even like double, like we got to go after Kiski, you know, like, like he is the cause of all of this. Um, and then Naoto, uh, arrests not uh arrest Kazutora and Takemichi and it's like whoa what's happening what's going on here why is why is Naoto doing this he's on our side but then he shows us this uh this video that that Chufu secretly filmed a meeting where Takemichi ordered Akun to kill someone so <laughs> there's a lot of names especially in the first episode of a season like there's so much going on but basically we see that because there's another video where, where Takemichi is like outraged and we see that Kiski tricked Takemichi into killing Hinata. So Naoto and Takemichi have come to this conclusion that Kiski has some sort of obsession with Takemichi and Hinata. Like he is always the one who gets Hinata killed in one way or another. Why? What does he know? Now are we going to get to a point where it's like, oh, Kiski can also travel through time. Like we got two like time travelers time warriors i don't know but you know if, if that's the case there's something going on here you know like why like why does this always happen you know it always leads here so now that is a setup for the whole season i feel like where takamichi now has his goal we gotta take out kiski we gotta take out the old black dragon people you know we gotta save hinata you know which which will save hinata also bring back mikey you know, make, you know, make Mikey realize that this is not really what he wants. He has been poisoned. Um, and, you know, uh, 
Naoto and Takamichi can't really meet anymore because you know, it'll be weird. You know, you know he's gonna be because you know he is he is here for the uh, instigation of a murder. So um, it's gonna be tough. So they they clap hands and he's in the past. He's bowling with Hinata and uh, he meets someone. I don't know who that is that he sees, but he's like pale as a ghost when he sees him. I don't know if that's Kiski. It might be. I don't. I don't quite remember. Again, like jumping back and forth so frequently, especially between like. Here's what they look like as adults, and here's what they look like as kids. It's like, is that, is that you? <laughs> so I don't, I don't quite know that, but um, it is definitely someone important. That's like, whoa. Um, yeah, I'm excited to watch the rest of it again. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of back in. I'm like, okay, I, I don't understand. We, we, we have a goal. We have a mission. Let's do it. You know. Um, but yeah, that is everything. Really long, really long one today. <laughs> About an hour longer than they usually are, but. Like I said, there was uh, 21 shows to cover, uh, albeit two of them were dropped, but still 19 shows to cover. Um, it's going to be about that much next week, um, so <laughs> we'll do it. And, you know, and, and again, a lot of a lot of setup too, so a lot of setup to discuss and all that. But uh, yeah, I think all these, for the most part, are, are great setups. They're you know very interesting. Um, obviously, you know anything could be dropped at any moment if they just don't progress. <laughs> But um, yeah, great stuff. Um, can't wait to watch more of them. Um, yeah, let me know if there's any here that you're not really feeling. Maybe you're kind of on the edge about, or maybe there's some shows that I am not watching that I should. I mean, I feel like I'm watching all of them, but, <laughs> you know, uh, let me know. And uh, yeah, super excited. Um, I guess that's it. Again, this episode's long enough. <laughs> um, that is it. Have a good day, everyone. Until next time, watch more anime.